When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, before we start this 16th episode and session of There Will Be Dungeons, don't forget there's a great way to support the show and that is to head on over to therewillbedungeons.com and grab a t-shirt. That's right. There is an exclusive t-shirt made just for you at therewillbedungeons.com. And thanks. All right, here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons, Session 16. It's Saturday, May 19th, 2018. I usually don't say the date because these are evergreen episodes, but that's okay. Once in a while, you got to give us a point of reference. I'm Scott Johnson. We have with us Bo, John, Kristen, and Kyle. And uh, we're here for Session 16. Before we get started, an email, if you will. We get emails uh, at the uh, website over there at therewillbedungeons.com. Just click on the contact link, send us your message. We'll be happy to read it on the show. And we get messages like this one from Dave, whose subject says, What? And then his message says, I just laughed for 10 minutes straight. My wife asked my toddler a question, and he turned around and simply replied, What? It sounded exactly like the Cyclops, and I almost died. Thanks for all the laughs, Dave. Well, Dave... We're happy to bring you the laughter that only a true Cyclops can bring. I hope your son skipped all the part where we dug around in his pants. All right. <laughs> Bow your video. Oh, there you are. Uh, anyway, thank you for that. If you want to send your emails in, please do. Or follow us and send us messages on Twitter at ThereBeDungeons on Twitter. Or ThereWillBeDungeons.com is the website. All right. Bo Schwartz, DM extraordinaire. The wheel is yours. Muted again. He's muted again. <laughs> I was typing. I didn't want to think. Anyways, uh, previously on there will be dungeons. Our heroes Hope, Stanley, Nash, and Varel. What did they do? <laughs> what did they do? Uh, what did, where do we leave off? Well, there was there was a man named Tylander Sullivan, and they were trapped in his basement. They fell victim to uh, several traps. In fact. And then they came face to face with this man that they've only ever known as the stealer of the shiny, Tylander Sullivan. Tylander made several attempts to negotiate with them for the return of a shiny. In fact, a necklace of fireballs that Nash had grown quite fond of. And they refused to give it back. So Tylander left them to their own devices uh, with these undead spiky dudes in a basement. Our heroes got anxious and found a creative way to escape by enlarging Varel, tearing a hole in the basement of a house and escaping. 
but they weren't able to catch up with Thailander to stop him from his nefarious plan of turning Orp, the giant cyclops who wandered into town that morning, against them. Stanley, in particular, found a way to talk Orp into believing that Thailander was, in fact, the bad guy. And they were just winning the Cyclops over when Thailander decided to stick his hand in the giant's ear because he was riding on his shoulder and shock him into unconsciousness. You Nash was <laughs> primarily concerned with... I'm just forming my sentence. No, that's Nash fine. Was I was, pri- was going to say, right. if you don't want to talk about me digging around in his pants, it's fine, but go well, ahead. I was going to say, Nash was primarily concerned at this time with the necklace, which uh, they had returned to Orp as part of the negotiation and Orp had put into his loincloth. Nash wandered into a dark, cavernous crevice between his thigh and his scrotum (laughs) and his pants to search for said necklace and found it in a little crevasse inside and ended up getting peed on. (laughs) Hope, uh, who got scary again, where their eyes went black, and Vorel went to go chase after Thailander, who was hiding in Orp's hair and easily found him and dispatched him viciously by stuffing sand in his mouth and taking turns punching him in the head till he died. They realized that they hadn't gotten much information out of him. Uh, a little later, when the Koromukishi representatives, Lady Saltbubble and Sir Chickenfinger, uh, came to thank them for killing Thailander, a known enemy of the principal's efforts here in Slave Town, and they realized they may have made a mistake. But maybe not. After spending some time trying to wake up Orp, they decided to camp out a little bit and give him time to have his nap, like a certain dungeon master uh, today. And um, after he woke up, he was Orp was very concerned about getting his shiny back and was also hungry. Nash saw no other choice but to give him back his shiny that he had stolen <laughs> from him not an hour earlier and had suffered getting peed on and having to sit and this very disgusting place. Um, so uh, then the Orp was hungry, and we had, to, we had to try and figure out what to do with Orp. How do we feed him? Stanley seemed less concerned about that and was grateful that Varel had taken up the cause to keep the Cyclops entertained and offered to guide him out on a hunt in the desert. They were joined by Nash. Meanwhile, Stanley and Hope decided to return to the town to find out more about Thailander by rummaging through his house. And that's where we left it. Wow. That was, the adventure continues this it, week. It does. There will be dungeons. One thing you didn't mention, which I'll get to in a second, but before I do, we could probably have a big finish here, so let's do that real fast. Alright, is that not only did Gorp get his necklace back, but he promptly put it back in his pants where I went to get it in the freaking first place. Oh, that was the worst. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Did that's you a, not, what did you expect? I don't know. I thought he would be, I thought he was dead. This is some good explanation, by the way, from last week. I thought I, he was going to I'm legit die. curious. I, I, I want to know what was running through your head when you decided to go in the first place. Like, <laughs> you thought giving it back to him. And then still, and you were like, I got to take it back. No, no, this is good. I'm glad you're asking. And this is a good opportunity to explain this because some people didn't seem to understand what I was up to. I really thought I was making a huge sacrifice for the team because 
in my head, I'm thinking that necklace means something more than just it's Gorp's favorite stupid shiny. There's got to be some other need for this. So if he's laying there dead and we're about to fight somebody or there's going to be other problems, I need to get that out of here so we have it and it doesn't end up just staying there. Maybe it's, I still have PTSD from not getting the staff that we left underground when we left the two uh, shorty boys in there. So, so maybe that's it. But either way, I was like, we got to get it. I got to make a sacrifice. I got to do it. And so I did. But just the idea that it got put back in his pants, like back in the place that it was, is the worst. It's like getting your baseball out of the yard from the guy with a giant dog and then immediately throwing the ball back into the yard where the giant dog is. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what, it, that's what it looks like on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, I think we do get it after all. Great. Wonderful. All right. Sorry. Continue on. You're in charge now. Um, well, uh, so uh, where we last left off, you guys were both uh, walking into your respective sunsets, as I sort of accurately described. But uh, Stanley and Hope uh, were making their way back to town. Uh, I, the only thing I remember was that Stanley was in particular interested in books uh, that that um, Tylender might have had in that basement ritual. What did we call it last week? A manipulation room? No. The... the the mutilation room. Oh. That there might have been something in the mutilation room. And that, uh, Varel, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you were interested in helping Orp uh, be fed and take him on a hunt, almost to do something special. And I, But I wasn't clear if the intent was out of friendship or more out of managing a great danger. Um, but uh, the, you know, two of the party have not joined you, but Nash has. And oh, I don't right. know where you were headed or what your plan was. So you're just, you're walking into the desert in a random direction, unless you specify otherwise for the moment. Yeah, I thought we were, were north of town, right? Uh, we would be north of town, yes. On the map, there's a slave town that looks like a little town, and then there's some sort of huge farmland. Is that part of slave town, or is that a different area many miles out? You mean to the west? Yeah, the north, the northeast. Uh, let me open up the map here, but I believe uh, what you're referring to would be the salivating fields. Uh, let's see, but it's not marked as such on the map. Just getting it open now. Uh, so there's it, it, it sort of encompasses it as drawn on the map. Um, that Actually, that wouldn't be it. Let's ignore that. It's, that's just I made the terrain look interesting. To the um, never eat shredded wheat. To the west is the would be the salivating fields, which you haven't seen, so I can't describe to you. I haven't asked anybody what it is. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we're nowhere near. You're in open desert, and there's a mountain range to the. You can see it a mountain range to the north and to the east, well off into the distance. Uh, Presumably labeled as the dead fingers on the, what is it, word paper that uh, you saw? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, so my, like, fast travel kind of plan would be to drop off Orb at the Esophageal Pass, but that is many days travel, yeah? Yeah, so every hex, I believe, is, uh, is it 60 miles or 120 miles? Away? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it's a journey. Otherwise, you know, if you're just looking for a local hunt, we don't really need to refer to the map for travel necessarily. 
Okay, let me uh, let me do a survivability to even see what this guy would eat in the wild, or if he just sustains on humans. Okay, Eight? so you, it's an examination of his species. Okay, yeah, so just like mean... what I know about something of this size. And... Um, well, you haven't encountered a being of a, a human of this size. This is a new experience for you, but uh, you know, being rather large uh, in comparison to others yourself, that it's probably got a voracious appetite and would eat. It would eat humans. It would eat probably you, but it doesn't appear to be interested in you. That you've noticed that it hasn't. Like maybe you don't look appetizing, because the softer creatures tend to like meat, meaty mm. creatures, and lizards tend to you know they tend to they tend to be have that sort of racism where people don't large creatures don't tend to look at use food <laughs> and scale, also I don't think that's racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you have meat under there. You are delectable. Race against water chestnuts, then. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty much, but um, you know, it doesn't doesn't it, you it, you don't get the feeling that it views you as food. Although, if it ever decide if it ever decided to if he ever decided to try you, um, that would be bad. Mm, okay, as one would imagine. Yeah. So we're walking. Uh, I assume he is close to us, but probably can't overhear a conversation being 60 feet above us and thunderously footing about. It's true. If you keep your voice down, probably he won't hear you. All right. Then I will lean over to Nash and go, Nash, it is my pleasure to be joining you on our first buddy mission, but I'm afraid I have no idea where we're going. Don't look at me. I have zero idea of where we're going. But I also look forward to our first quest together. And I apologize for the smell that must surely surround me. It is no different than your normal smell. Well, shit. It's a smell to you being... Uh, and you can explain your culture probably better than I can, but, you know, he's been peed on, so he's now the property of the Cyclops. Oh! <laughs> that, would he really... You would really... With the lizard, I mean, it depends on lizard culture, but you know, pee is often used uh, by animals to mark territory. Mm. Right. right. Wasn't uh, but there's a prestidigitation, or did we leave the smell? Uh, so the prestidigitation, like he needs like a full day of it. Mm. <laughs> it was an it was an ocean of pee that he got blasted with. So I mean, like it's a you you can smell it. Like probably a normal human with dull sense of smell might say, "Oh, he stinks." But it's strong. It's pungent to you with a. Mm. But doesn't okay. Well, then I'll role play the question. I'll say. Uh, I'll say, Varel, I apologize. But is this offensive to you, or 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 is this like you know, dogs smell the pee of other creatures all the time, and it doesn't seem to bother them. It just gives them information. I, I would like to know more about how your people handle this this sort of thing. Well, you are thoroughly marked, but this is a fantastic addition to the normal life we've been leading. This city is more frustrating, full of different smells, and everybody has their own unique one. Right now, it is just ogre and, uh, well, ogre, really. <laughs> well, fantastic that I'm pleased to be on this adventure with you, and I really could use a break from Stanley, if I'm being honest. Yes, it seems we have complicated our mission quite a bit since arriving in town. I do not understand the inner workings of a car. 
<laughs> but I understand it takes time, and that is prolonging our engagement in Slave Town. You, Nash, have a, a fascinating history, but I believe, like me, you wish to see this place burn. Uh, yes. I'd like to see the whole entire place burn to the ground. There's nothing I want more than all slavery in every town abolished. Especially a town literally called Slave Town. A noble goal. I find comfort in that thought. <laughs> My brain works at a new plan. Though Stanley and Hope are not here to agree to it. Perhaps we give the giant a time to return to town and thus hurry along our fellows. Hmm. Do you think he can handle such a task? The town? No. I think it'll be destroyed if Corp <laughs> goes there, but that is very much my plan. We return saying you have two days to fix a car and impregnate the woman, and we simply <laughs> move on. I, I don't have any problem with most of this plan. I'm a little confused about the impregnation. Do you want to explain that? Who's getting pregnant? It seems that we are settling down for Stanley and his extended stay. So you think maybe he's... Uh... Fathering children, yes. Okay, all right. Well, in that case, sure. But I'm not sure Gorp can understand a, a request like, hey, in two days, uh, or, or whatever timeline we give him to go to town, that he'll understand, A, the timeline, and B be able to carry the message in a way that makes sense to them so everybody's clear on the plan. This is Gorp we're talking about. Yes, I fear one day, one sunrise is about as complicated with instructions we can give. Two sunrises will likely be forgotten. My other brain thought is that we let him loose on the esophical pass, the main trade route to the principal and the Kromukishi and buy us some time, though ultimately an unknown amount of time with very, very angry results. Well, if we're not implicated, I'm all for this. Hmm. Can we trick Gorp into doing that without pointing the finger at us if he's stopped or somehow controlled and interrogated? Perhaps a, a over the hills rely, uh, lies a vast hunting gorge and you may eat your fill there but then we run back to town because surely in several days someone very angry about this plan will come say there's a giant feasting on our main trade route and will uh, look at us because we said we would take care of the giant I think this is fantastic I wish the, the other two were here to, to raise their hands but I have a feeling they would be they'd be into this idea. Yes, as, as fellow humanoids, you think that our two companions would enjoy this idea. I do. I think. <laughs> I'm not That's entirely nice. sure. If they say no, I'll, uh, you know, we can, it's better to ask for forgiveness, right? Isn't that how the old saying goes? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, for my people, it is. You say, wouldn't you rather ask forgiveness than permission and then you do a thing because you feel right about it. So even if it all goes south, uh, then all you have to do is ask for forgiveness. And in this world, forgiveness could mean just, you know, we part ways or somebody gets killed. But what's the difference? A battle in a cage and everything's fine. Yeah. Yes. I see the logic in this. Uh, 
There's one more thing I, I request of you, friend Nash. I am having difficulty identifying your abilities. What is it you do? <laughs> and how? Well, I mean, you've seen me hurl fire. You've seen yes. me conjure uh, earthquakes. You've seen me... I missed that one. Oh, that's right. I mean, never mind about that one. Forget about that one. You can one. do an earthquake. That is phenomenal. Yeah, not that you've... Why, why are we burning the town when we could simply bury it? Well, I don't know that my... I, listen, there are limitations. Oh. Uh, I can't go forever. I can't shake the entire planet. Or, or as you would know it, uh, I can't shake the entire land with one... I'm familiar with the planet. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you never know what the lizard people is all I'm saying. No offense. Is this a result of your time in the uh, angry place? The solar mines. Yes. Yeah. You want now, to... I, I mean no offense, but surely I have seen on the map that that place is not far. Would it be possible to power you up with another visit and bring you back? I swore I'd go back there and destroy that place. I don't know that I could gain any more power there than I can here. Mm -hmm. But one day, with your help or not, I will see that place destroyed. Sounds like a fantastic spectacle, and I wish to witness it. Well, good. You can totally come along. I could use a lizard there. It's a serious shithole. Everybody sucks. It's a terrible place to be, and I want to lay waste to everyone with a couple of people in specific. We're not going to be able to do this for a while, but I, I would gladly uh, uh, count you as one of my companions if you ever wanted to help me wipe that slate clean. And I'll clap you on the shoulder. That is the truest statement I have ever heard from a human, and the most relatable. I, too, wish to burn a town and destroy certain individuals inside of it while being unknown about the results of such actions. <laughs> and then I go, ow, that freaking hurt. And that's, and then, yeah, that's all I have to say to him. But I'm excited because, listen, if I can go back to those solar mines with more muscle than I've got of my own, better chance I have of taking that place from this world and having it never happen again. So then we were in agreement. We shall... Instruct Gorp to hunt the esophageal pass for the many delicious beings that drive their automobiles along it. Yes. And he, damn the consequences, as they say. He should be stoked. Gorp! I call up to him. You just don't hear anything. He seems to be oh. intent on walking. Mm. Doesn't hear you, perhaps. Oh, is he I still know. walking? Oh. Book it around to the front and start running backwards and waving my arms. Go up! <laughs> and he sort of slows his walk and his eyes squints at you. Lizard! Go up! I want to tell you things! What? <laughs> to tell you things about the hunt! And so he crouches down a little bit on his knees and puts his hand on his knees and sort of in a crouching position leans over and his eye, his one eye squints at you he's got this, he makes his mouth in a scrunchy like 
What is it? Go up. Are we there yet? Almost. Go up. I've I've reached a decision. Oh, it's what? that you love to eat humans. I like men's. Yes, man's. I know a hunting track trail of many man's where you could live happily for a long time. Go on. <laughs> Though uh, beyond those mountains to the north lies a crevasse where man's force themselves through all day. It's, it's all you can eat, Gorp. All you can eat, I yell. All you can eat. Um, that way. And he points to where you're pointing. Yes, that way. Aren't we going there? We must return to town. But you will feast on the juices and meats of many men. I go by myself now. No. What? No, we send with you a friend that you can talk to us with. Nash, I think he's kind of lonely. Do you have like a... figurine or uh, illusion you could send with him no but I have a I have a dagger lizard <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> how many men's are there in that Truck. crevasse trucks fool daily back and forth trucks yes you Cars. mean vroom 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 Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, let's go. We, uh, we'll go eat man's. Yes. Uh, if you use, if you talk to this magical dagger, <laughs> we can hear you on the other side. He's yelling this, reaching out. I, uh, I put it in the palm of the lizard. Deception check from both of you, please. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, this was coming. Ah, uh, okay. Natural 20. 14. Wait. Magic dagger. Uh, I can speak to it. How does it work? Magic. No, I know magic, how magic works. I made magic. I mean, how do I make it work? You'll... You talk to it. Yeah, you hold it in your hand, your massive hand, and you speak okay, so to it. He goes to take the, ma the dagger, the magic dagger from yeah, you. Yeah. And he puts it in the palm of his hand. He goes, Hello! I could hear it. So could I. I could hear it. It's working. What? <laughs> it works over great distances. We will hear you if you need to talk to us. You can't hear us, but we'll hear you and, and know if 
You need help. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. It's, so here's the deal. You'll speak into it, and boy. we'll hear you, but you won't hear us. It's one way communication. Does that does that make sense, Gore? Um, but that way, we're always with you. So you could say these mans are very tasty and we'll hear you and go ah that's great for our friend Gorp but we won't be able to reply we'll only hear what you say like the radios of ancient times okay but why are you leaving it's why why do I need this I think you're leaving are you tricking me Gorp as you must eat man's, so too was, must we farm our own foods in the conversation of others. Persuasion check, please. Just Kyle? Three. <laughs> That's a strong argument. What, but I can get us food if you let me kill man's. I make food for my friends and me. We can't eat our own kind. Gorp. Really? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it does. Why not? Well, I was told as a boy, <laughs> never mind, that's having sex with your sister. Let me think of a different one here. Uh, <laughs> What's we sex? We, we, <laughs> We don't believe in eating our own kind. It's bad. It's uh, it's not good to eat your own kind. Would you eat another ogre or another cyclops? I, I ate my mom after she passed away. Well, then forget it. Never mind. Life, Mr. Nash, life is hard. And there isn't a lot of food in the desert and in the mountains. We all have to do what we have to do. My mamu told me that. Gross. Okay, listen, here's the deal. The lizard speaks true. It's an unending supply of mans coming through that mountain and going back through. You'll never unending. You'll never want want for food again. Gorp. It's, it's it sounds like a paradise. Is it a paradise? I look over at Varel, shaking my head yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> you better not be tricking me. If, if I go there and it's not a paradise full of men's, I will be angry with you, and Nash. You will eat so many men's that by the time you're done, you'll be sick of eating men's. That's how much man's there is. All right, persuasion roll, please. Shit. All right, deception. That's deception. Oh, okay. Hold on. That's clearly you have no idea what's over there. Uh, perception <laughs> is one, one, so twenty. Not natural. Okay, but why won't you come with me? Well, I think Varel explained it to you. Right, but I don't understand. We have to go find our own version of man's. We have to go cultivate our own food. Because we right. can't... Right, and so when I've eaten enough man's, 
I'm going to talk into my da magical dagger and say, I'm coming back. And can I hear you? Will you talk to me? No, but we'll hear you and we'll know you're coming back. See how nice that is? And we'll be ready for your return. Well, okay then. I guess this is where we part ways. Because I'm hungry. I'm going to eat man's. <laughs> And he, he gets up and he immediately starts to sort of take off without any sort of regard for ceremony or departure or saying goodbye. He just sort of had enough conversation. You just hear the loud echoing steps and you see him rushing off, walking at a hurried pace. Hunt well up To the mountain range you've pointed him to that you don't really know what's there except for maybe what you saw on the map, so. All right, so yeah. off Gorp goes. Soon enough, within the next five or ten minutes, you wait, and he's far off in the distance, hasn't looked back, and is trucking along towards the mountain range. Uh, now, Vorel, what we talked about yesterday, there's still that, pre not yesterday, last week, <laughs> um, there's still that presence in the air of it, and as you get out into the desert, it's a little more pronounced to your hearing. Mm. Can I hear what direction it's coming from? Uh, you could be able to come up with a location for it. Would that be perception? Um, yeah, yeah. We could use a perception check. Eighteen. Okay. So um, you can actually, it's to the east of town. Sorry, my pen fell. I didn't want it to. That is good. That is not <laughs> north. <laughs> I made a face and I wanted to explain it. Um, it's to the east of town, uh, approaching the mountain range. So while uh, Orp has gone somewhat north. To... Keep, I keep calling him Gorp. I got to stop. Yeah. Sorry. It's Go okay. Ahead, you Gorp. can call him whatever you want. He doesn't really notice. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it sounds like this, uh, this, this is to the east. Mm. Nash? Mm. I fear... Things are growing even more complicated. What are you feeling exactly? <laughs> Good question. I can tell you're preoccupied. Mm. It is a calling. Mm. There's a summoning. Mm. The lizard folk are gathering. Ooh. And they may be heading this way. Are they all? If it is, are they a all as a, party. Are they as amenable as you, or are they, you know, <laughs> amenable? How, <laughs> how 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 would they react to seeing me? I I don't I don't want to cause any trouble with your people. That depends. This is a general call for all to gather for whatever the execution may be after it. That could be a raid on Slave Town. It could be. A great mating. Perhaps they found a dragon to worship. I'm not sure. I've been away from my people for a long time, and they may not be of my kin. Other lizards from other lands. Mm. All right. Well, what did, what does this pretend? Is there is this trouble? Are you worried? Could be. Mm. I fear we are on a time limit, both on Orp's part and my brother's parts. How much time do we have? 
Orp will likely discover that the dagger doesn't work by morning, I would assume. If the trade route is not as busy as I would hope, we may see him within two days. The lizards march along parallel to Slave Town for now, but they may also come in. We seem to have murdered, too, a man who was planning to work towards our benefit. But he also made spikes come out of dead people's eyeballs, so I'm a bit mixed on that fact. <laughs> Sixes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is all a lot of math for me. How... Once Gorp figures out that the food's dried up or that he's not getting what he wants out of the dagger, how long between then and and him getting back and seeking us do you think that is? I mean, he strides. His strides are far. If he runs, that's perhaps, I don't know. He could, he could travel in a day what take you and I 10 days. I don't know. And- Perhaps we should return to town and set our own plans in motion before our hand is forced yeah. by an ogre. Yeah, I agree. Let's murder him next time. Yeah. Well, that that has proven... I think that's hard. I don't know that you and I have all we need to take down, take him down. No, but I do slightly regret the complicated world we've invented around ourselves. <laughs> Well, we've overdone it, perhaps. Perhaps we've planned too far ahead, but I still think we've got enough window here. I can't speak to your lizard brethren. I don't know what they're doing, and they could really jack this up, but uh, I'll, I'll stay close to you if we encounter them, make sure they know that I'm a friend, and let's, let's make sure that uh, we get back in town in time enough to set things in motion before all this comes crashing down. Do you feel well enough to run? Yes. Then let us run back to town. I'm down. Let's do it. Full on sprint. As as, as you run, begin running, you notice um, something. Uh, Varel captures uh, the corner of your eye. You see a figure on the horizon to your left. It is a f- immediately familiar form of a lizard folk. Nash doesn't see this. I will slow my run in the distance. It's a singular lizard bug. Nash, Mm. I'm afraid they've come for me already. Oh no. So what do we do? I fear I should address them and make sure that our plans are not ruined by a lizard raid. Or perhaps I will invite the lizard raid, in fact, in hopes that we can free the slaves. Either way, Prolonging this engagement will only make things worse, and you should return to town alone. I don't know if I'm comfortable leaving you here. I'll be with my own people, and they will ritualistically murder me if they do not like it. And You have no fears. My soul will be trapped behind the stars. I will not haunt you. I also feel better not being alone myself, but I'll do this because I don't know what other choice we have. I've got to get to the other two before the before the cy- Cyclops comes back, before Orp makes his way back. So, uh, all right, we'll part ways. Fist bump. Run, Swift Nash! <laughs> like the wind, and I take off. Now I'm running toward town. All right, you run towards town. Varel, the, the, the lizard folk that you spotted well off into the distance, 
having the, the keen sense that it knows it's made itself seen. Because, you know, lizard folk are pretty good at not being seen when they want to. So you, you're aware that this is a deliberate action. Um, you see the figure uh, walk away, turn around and walk away in a direction. Cool. I will uh, keep in the pace came. and follow. East to the, to the mountain range. All right. <clears throat> so... Uh, while this happens, we catch up with Hope and Stanley, who are walking, running back towards Slave Town. I, mean, I can't uh, imagine walking. Yeah, I don't see yeah. any reason. It's casual, it's casual pace. Okay, yeah. so you're walking back towards uh, Slave Town. Now, you've spent a couple hours out in the desert, because waiting for Orp to wake up. Um, so you've been out of town for a little bit. Um, as you approach Slave Town, you know, it's not necessarily a hustle and bustle kind of place, but there, you know, there is activity during the day. There are people to be seen, slaves to be traded, um, things going on. Um, but you notice as you approach the town that it's eerily, it's very quiet. You don't hear the sounds of hammering. I mean, certainly on your way in, it's the parking lot and the, the, um, uh, Owens. Uh, and those are not, there's no sounds of, of industry coming from either of these places, but the, there's something quiet, eerily quiet about the town as you approach it. Hope the town seems a bit strange, wouldn't you say? I'd say something feels off about it. I mean, you were aware that there was evacuation, you know, in the morning as you left, but... Uh, but... The... Where do you think they go? That's a good question. I wonder who has decided to stay, exactly. Um, when I went to get food from the hotel, nobody was there. I just helped myself. I wonder if that's going to be the case all over, or if... Are we in a ghost town at the moment? Maybe. We... You think we should hit up the shops? Or just go straight to the library? wouldn't hurt to take a, a peek in a couple places if there was anything you felt you wanted to, to look into. Well, uh, I probably should talk to Owen's wife oh, at some point. That's right. You're welcome to come, but I understand if you would like to hold back. Uh, <laughs> probably won't be easy. I mean, if you would like support, I could certainly go with you, though I didn't know them very well. All right, well, let's go. Feel free to hang back as far as you want. And I'll walk into Owen's garage. Okay, so um, you approach the garage. There's a few doors open, cars in various states of disrepair. There's an office at the end. Um, that's when you realize that um, they didn't live in this building. Oh. So um, you sort of go in and, and look around, but you think you remember him mentioning at one point that uh, she would uh, that they lived on um, just behind the place on Fingal's Row. Okay, I'll start heading that direction. Like I think they, she might be at the the house. All right. Okay, so uh, you make your way down Heaven Street a little bit, and uh, you're turning left on the Toyota Road or right on Fingal's. Uh, let's just go down Fingal's. Okay, so you approach uh, the stables and, uh, you know, the coffins through first place. And the seamstress house, everything is, is closed up. Again, it's quiet. You don't see a soul walking in this direction. 
Um, you sort of, you turn left. The sheriff's office. Also, the doors are ajar in the sheriff's office. Nothing happening in there. Um, you turn left on Fangle Row, and uh, we'll begin walking down. Uh, you go a few rows in, all the way to the end, um, where you see a house on the corner, and you're pretty sure that's the place. I'll take a deep breath and I'll walk up and knock on the door. All right, you knock on the door and um, there's no response and you don't hear any movement inside the house. I'll try the door handle. Door handle opens. As the door opens, um, you peer inside and see, you know, that there's a table with chairs, kind of a modest looking home uh, with very few items and decoration um, there's a you know, to the left you see there's like a, um, like a not a buffet but like a table and it's got a, a few like paintings of a young woman and like um, just some jewelry on it and it sort of looks like, um, like a memorial to someone maybe you know it's a natural part of the house like maybe you didn't see them all this time with any anyone other than themselves, the two of them, uh, Randall Owen and his wife, Mrs. Owen. You never got her name. Um, yeah. And uh, so you peer in, but you haven't entered. This is what you see. All right. I'll call out. Uh, hello, Mrs. Owen. You give it a moment, but you hear nothing in response. Uh, Stanley, I don't hear anything. Uh, should we take a look, or would you like to continue? I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think there's a chance that she's in danger? Should we go in there? Or, I mean, we could always return at another time. I don't know. Um, I guess a quick peek won't hurt. And I'll walk in slowly, looking okay. around. You walk in slowly, and um, you see that... Uh... Uh, the place is, is um, you know, in good shape. Uh, it looks well cleaned and tended. Uh, there is the, you know, the area described with the sort of memorial for some young woman. Uh, there's a table. There's sort of table uh, plates and, and forks and knives set out on the table, but no food there. And as you peer into the kitchen, um, you know, you see uh, just, you know, some items look like they're be been brought out to be prepped for cooking. Um, but nothing, you know, no elements are on. Nothing looks like they were in the middle of being used. It's quiet. You don't hear, apart from your movement in the house, you don't hear any presence of anyone else in there. There is oh. a set of stairs leading to a second floor. All right, I'll go up the stairs. All right, you move up the, the set of stairs. Are you doing it quietly or just kind of like... Cautiously, because if someone Cautiously. does come out, I don't want it to look like I'm there to steal anything. Okay, so you, you make your way up the stairs, but uh, enough so that someone would hear you coming so you wouldn't surprise them. And as you get up to the top, there's like a little banister, um, and a banister always pays his debts. And um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they see a little a dollar bill on a nail. <laughs> Tape a gold like, coin I saw this somewhere it? before. Gosh, I can't imagine <laughs> um, where you saw that. That's crazy. Uh, and you get up to the, the top of... of the second floor and there's a hallway and you see there's a few there's three doors in this hallway and they're all you know a jar but you can't see into the rooms from where you are all right i'll go to the first door tap 
knock on it. If I don't hear mm-hmm. anything, I'll push it open. Sure. You open the first door and there's this um, bedroom and the walls are painted like a, a pink color and there's a nice well-made bed and there's all kinds of like dolls in this room and as well as like a, a couple of what looks like study books like how to read and, and a mathematics book and um, a little, little desk and table and the thing that screams out to you about this room is that it's been undisturbed like it's like a museum room like it's just it's full of it's full of something probably a young woman would own you know like but like in this desert world right so it's just like it's dolls there's books there's um looks like a dresser and a, and a bed and the place looks undisturbed and it's sort of got a you know a light pink sort of paint on the wall oh, i'll move on to the second and do the same thing Okay. And the second uh, looks like uh, you open it up and it um, just looks more like it's being used as a storage room, like a some sort of a, it's got some clothing in there and it has like a uh, something to like a wash bin and a wash. Uh, what do they call those things? That you, you, you know, like comic books, washboard? or not comic books, but like washboard. It's got a washboard. I was thinking of Donald Duck. I think he got his face stuck on a washboard. <laughs> <laughs> There's a washboard in there. And, um, you know, there's, uh, this looks like this room is used to maintain clothing for the most part. Cool. So and I'll clothes hanging up off the ceiling from the ceiling. Go to the third one. Okay. And the third one, the door is more closed than the rest. And it's clearly it's the master bedroom from the, from the top floor. And you, you, you push it open and you see, um, uh, you see what looks to be sort of a, a normal, you know, it was a bed, there's a dresser on either side, there's a, there's a night table, and what captures your attention is on the bed, there is a, there's the form of a body on there. Um, now, it's under blankets, but you see the familiar stain of red uh, sort of soaked in to the, the blanket. I'll look at you, Stanley, and I'll look back at the body. Is it her? Uh, I I guess. Let's see. And I'll walk over and gently pull the blanket back. Okay. You, you begin to pull the blanket back. Hold your breath. Yeah. And you, you <laughs> see, you see, you know, um, a starting to decompose, starting to bloat, corpse starting to become, you know, blue. Uh, forehead and, and hair, and then where you expect to see eyes, you don't find any eyes. Oh. And 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 the you know you pull the face, and you've kind of got enough information. Although you continue pulling, if you want to pull it all off, but we're pulling it all off. And you pull it all off, and you see sort of the corpse in a in a nightgown, and again the telltale signs: the fingers and toes are, are cut off from the corpse, and the corpse is. Um, you know, it's in an early state of uh, decomposition, but you know that process begins fast. So that's why there's like a not there's a smell to the room now that you've lifted the blanket, but it hasn't filled the room and created anything. Um, no slits on this corpse. Do <laughs> you remember the last time you dealt with a corpse? There's no there doesn't appear to be any cuts on the corpse. Um, uh, you from what you can tell, you see a cut along the neck where the throat's been opened up and she's been bled out well shall we get to the library then 
this Thailand fellow? How many people in this town has he killed? Was it just him? That's a good question. He's certainly getting all over the place, and why would he take one and not the other? Is this in every house here? Maybe we will find more information in his library. Maybe we should stop making our way back there. Okay. All right, so you exit the house, leaving it undisturbed, and make your way back down Fangle Row. Now next to you, when you exit on back onto Heaven Street, you remember you're close to, what is this store? Tobacco and Spirits. There's a tobacco and spirit shop on the left. It looks closed up. You walk a bit down Heaven Street, make your way past Boom Buttons, Ballistics and Explosives, and the familiar Wild Tongues Pleasure House. Hope, I feel like I should try and see if Talia is okay. The town looks evacuated, but I don't know. I haven't seen her since they took her. Of course. I'm gonna go into the Buxom Confederate. And I'll follow okay. behind. All right. So you guys make your way into down to the center of town. It's deadly, deathly quiet. You see the sapphire across the street with the lizard-shaped hole in the front entrance. <laughs> and uh, you look to the right and enter the Buxom Confederate, pushing open the saloon doors. Uh, inside, um, you see no one. The places appear to be closed down. All the... The cupboards on the bar closed and locked with little padlocks. Um, there's there's no one inside that you can see in the main, you know, saloon area. I'm gonna start making my way towards the side uh, where it connects to Wild Tongues, where I've gone with Talia before. Okay. Just see what I can see on my way there. Mm-hmm. So as you make your you make your way down, um, you hear you hear a. Psst, Coming from Celibus's office. Then you see it, you see Celibus. He's a, he's peered up from his office. He's like motioning for you guys to come over. Well, of course you'd be here. <laughs> Start walking towards him. All right, he opens up his office door. Are you going in, Stanley? Hope, yeah. are you going in? Yeah. Okay. I'm sticking with Stanley through this. It's like, come on in, come on in, come on in. Get down, get down. Get down. Why are we getting down? There's nothing out there. It's dangerous to be out here right now. All I know is there's, there's a giant running around the town. There's a, there's a big, you must have seen it. It's a big giant in the town. Yeah, we dealt with it. You... What? You what? You what? It was me. <laughs> oh, no, no, dude. It was me all along. You, you dealt with it. How'd you do that? What do you, what do you mean? What, how'd you deal with a giant? The, the town's been evacuated. Where's Talia? I sent her off with the rest of them. We, eva- we evacuated the town. Where did we the sent them off of... to the salivating fields. And you decided to remain here? Well, like someone's got to keep an eye on my property. Can't let that snake, the jeweler, steal anything from me. I'm staying here. I'm going to fight for my place. Well, all right. Good to see you in good health. 
How was uh, that? How was that jeweler, by the way? Did you did you take care of what we discussed? Did well, you find I, out anything? I think we are in his good graces, and we are investigating for the deed uh, as we speak. We have leads, and we're following up on them. Hmm. That's that's too bad. I was kind of hoping in all of this, maybe he got crushed. Something you hear anything? He has not I, been crushed. The the lactid cartel they didn't they didn't finish him off. It hasn't been seen for a few days now. How did you know the lactic cartel was going after the jeweler? I told I told him. Oh, now, now, now. To be fair, I'd find out everything anyways. It's okay. It's okay. You don't don't give her a hard time now, Stanley. I haven't said a word, Stump. You seem awfully defensive. <laughs> Why, it's almost like when someone threatens someone you care about, you get a little defensive. Maybe I can relate to you. Vitalia's safe. Till she comes back and is right back in this snake's employee. Eric took him out on a truck, took all the girls and Wild Tongue, and took him to the salivating fields to ride this thing out. We've got a place there. They'll be safe. All the people under my employ are okay. How long until they're brought back? I guess until we give the all clear. Where's the giant? I've just been sitting in here. Right out the storm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to get a sense of what's going on out there. You're the first people I came across. So, is it safe? You made them go away? I wouldn't say it's safe. I'd say you should probably lay low for a little while longer. All right. You guys going to lay low here? No, we have other business to attend to. All right, well. There's been some grisly murders around the town. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? No. I don't murder people. I deal in pleasure and entertainment. I would like to do an insight check on Mr. Stump. (laughs) Okay, go for it. See if I bought that reaction. (laughs) I think I did. It's uh five. Um yeah, I mean you don't learn anything you don't already know or feel. Alright. You just he's a, he's a, he's a smooth operator. That's what you learned. You're like you have you've gained a point of respect for him. Well, if you have no idea about it, then maybe you're not as well informed about the goings on in this town as you thought. I guess now. Looks like they pulled one over me this time. With these murderers, you're saying? What kind of murders? Like there's murders everywhere in this town. Anyway. How many people have died since you got here? <laughs> I mean, you guys are murderers. And no offense. We're capable self-defense people. Uh right. me too. But uh have you ever heard of the name Thailand Sullivan? He hesitates for a moment. No? Well, your mouth says no, but your hesitation and looking around says yes. (laughs) What do you know? I I wasn't hesitating. It just, I thought maybe I I sounded familiar. And I wanted to, to, to tell you guys, but I thought about it and I think, I think I don't know who that is. 
people in your town are dying, being brutally murdered. There's a cyclops on the rampage, and right now we're trying to do our best to stop it. Any information you have would be extremely beneficial. I mean, pardon, pardon me. I don't mean to be difficult, but, you know, I'm entrusted with certain information, and I'm entrusted not to tell certain information. You understand, right? I just don't know where I fall on this one. Um, Thailand is dead. Syllabus. Uh, you can tell oh. us anything, please. Persuasion, please. Ah. <laughs> Any bonuses? <laughs> Get your persuasion bonus. Um, an eight. Don't you have inspiration right now as well? I don't think so. But everybody but me got it after last week. But I could be thinking of something else. He stops and he looks and he says, Thailand, Thailander's dead. I killed uh, him. Well, did you tell the Karomukishi what you did? They know. That's good for you. Because that's someone they've wanted dead. That's how, okay. I'm going to come clean. I know who that is. He's uh, some kind of a slave vigilante. He, he had his family killed while working in the salivating fields. He used to be a used to be a prominent member here in back when this place was called Pristine, and then they made them slaves because he spoke out against the principle. And there's no fighting the power of the principle. You either join. Or you die. And, uh, well, he went to be a slave. Eventually his family, as far as I heard, they died in the fields. And then he escaped. And was not really seen from again, but the Karomo Kishi kept asking about him. Like maybe he was up to something. I mean, I don't know what he did. I just know he was wanted. So he was right here in town this whole time? As a matter of fact, he was. Seems his goals to end slavery here pushed him towards being a bit of a magic user and creating all manner of abominations. Like what? Big, nasty, undead creatures with spikes coming out of their eyes. You mean like zombies? Well, it sounds silly when you say it. <laughs> Demon summoning that was part of it. Scooping eyeballs out, cutting fingertips off. There's no such thing as zombies. Come on now. That's like what? <laughs> Thailander making zombies? Okay. That sounds crazy. Is that for real? You're hiding in your office from a giant 60 foot tall one eyed creature, and zombies are where you draw the line. Giants are real. That I know. That you don't go wandering off into the mountains for that reason, because the giants live there. Well, I'm not here to buy your. So why 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 did the, do you know why the giant came here? Why is he here? That I don't know. I'd like to know what his business was in town. Part of the magic ritual that Thailander was using uh, required a component he stole from the Cyclops. Oh. Cyclops was looking for it. make zombies 
I don't know what the purpose was. We're on our way to go figure out that exactly. Uh, where, 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 where does uh, where does Tylander live right now? Where's lives in a house over by Thorn Row. Are you going there now? That's right. All right, all right. Well, uh, well, don't let me keep you then. All right, you uh, you lay low and take care of yourself till all this blows over. All right. Well, I'll see you later, Stanley. Hope so you're not. You don't. You don't need to go to Thailander's house, right? I need to go do this. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. It's just kind of, kind of. Since the town evacuated, there isn't much to do. I thought maybe we could. Uh, I thought maybe maybe you know, we could uh, have a drink. Maybe later. What All furniture right. is in his office right now? <laughs> But furniture is in his office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a desk and an ornate chair, and then chairs on the other side for people to sit in, and then there's a couch. All right. I'm going to use press the digitation to make smoke start coming out of the couch. And I'm going to just say, Celibus, your chair's on fire, and turn around and walk out of the room. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, roll <laughs> deception, please. <laughs> Add the chair. <laughs> uh, deception. That's a twenty-three. Okay. And what are the components required for press digitation? Is it just mimetic, or are there verbals? Uh, let me look. Uh, it's yeah, it's both. Okay. So you got to think. I know that you want to do sneaky, tricksy things. We got to think about that <laughs> when we're when you're trying to do the spells that they you very <laughs> obviously. Made the smoke appear. He went, Arugare, and then, you know, <laughs> he's like, your chair's on fire. And he just looks, and he's like, he still pats yeah, it anyways. But he doesn't sure. know that I didn't light it on fire. Yeah. So the, um, so he does, you know, uh, have to pat down. And you see, as you walk out, he starts frantically patting just to make sure there isn't an actual fire because you might have cast a magical fire or not. So, sure. It's like, Stanley, Stanley Billings, you broke. You hear that? From the <laughs> I like you, and I uh, right. hope I imagine you're walking up too. All not in Celibus. All right, we'll see you uh, later. Celibus is extra sad to be seeing you leave. That you, you can feel it. All right, so you exit out back onto the street, in into town. The town again continues to be deathly quiet. Well. I hope most people made it out. I hope so too, though I'm sitting here wondering in a big evacuation like this, I would think they would want to protect their slaves, but I'm also curious if they would try to preserve themselves over other people. I'm wondering if it would be worth looking to see if any of the Dust Hill slaves got left behind. We could do that. Okay, so you want to go to the slave pen? Yeah. All right, so you make your way down uh, Hell Street and hang a right behind the Bucks. Bucks. Oh, no, wait, never mind. You make your way down Heaven Street, hang a left on Lights Row, move past the seamstress's house and the Kishi house, which is this nice sort of windowless but very nice-looking longhouse made from 
a strange wood. Uh, it doesn't appear to have any doors on it, which is an interesting feature. You move past it to a cement building with a flat roof, just it's just made it looks makeshift cement on it. You recall it from a place you stayed when you first got into town. Um, you don't hear there are, it's windowed with bars on it, but you don't hear any noise coming from the inside. Um, you get to the front entrance, and the door is a, a large steel door. It's uh, shut, has a slit in it that you can pull open and close uh, from the inside. Um, Rusty brown color. So it's just bars over it. So if I were to yell and someone were inside, they would hear it, right? In the window, yeah. But the 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 windows are rather a little high up. Oh, Stanley, want to get on my shoulders? Sure. All right. All right. So, uh, acrobatics check. Oh. <laughs> Maybe not. Fifteen. Twenty-one. Okay. Nice. All right. So you guys are able to, to you get on top of Hope's shoulder, Stanley, and then uh, now you're about I guess because you're, you're both six feet ish, six ish feet. So you got about twelve feet of height. Well, not twelve because it's like so. Let's say nine, um, and you're able to peer in Stanley and see the inside. Um, it's dark in there. Uh, you don't see anyone. All right, coming down. There's nobody in there. Well, that's a shame. It was worth a shot, but maybe we'll just go ahead and stick to the original plan and get to this library. Sounds good. All right, so you make your way down. Uh, through, there's an alleyway behind the Bucks and Confederates between this and the bunkhouse. Um, and you make your way out onto Hell Street. And again, it's just there's a, there's a little breeze on the hot desert air flowing through the street. But it's just unnervingly quiet. And you make a right, and then Hell Street, head down Break Road. The houses um, appear again. You don't see a movement. You don't hear movement. But something t- stops your attention at Thorn Row. Uh, you turn right and you see the house. You see what is supposed to be the house of Thailander. You see a pile of rubble of wood and of uh, glass and just detritus all in this pile. But that's not what gets your attention. What gets your attention is uh, there sort of looks to be a very small crater in the middle of the field in the intersection of Break and Thorn Road. And you see the corpses of eight Toyota host people just lying in the streets and in the center of the um, in the center of the crater around them, the small crater, it's about if only a foot deep just looks like a blast zone though something, something exploded here uh, you see an arm does it have its fingertips? it does is it made of chrome? it is not made of chrome uh, it's a human, human arm, yeah. Human, human looks like a humanoid arm, uh, lying in the center uh, of a circle of eight dead Toyota host, and Toyota host people appear to be um, like their bodies, like their their hands. And they have their fingers and eyes too. They don't appear; they're not mutilated, but they're like scrunched up with a uh, face of frozen horror on their faces as they're just lying there. You know, just these weird expressions of like terror that they what? died in a moment of terror on their face. Does it? Is there any way to tell what sort of injuries hit them? Were they burned? Were they cut? 
Um, you you we can approach a corpse and examine it if you want to find cause of death. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, so um, you get closer to the nearest corpse, and you see that um, uh, that there's a big stab wound in the front, puncturing the armor, and that that but it has that look a sort of a natural look of frozen terror but it has a large wound and whatever wounded it is not is not in the corpse at this time alright I'll examine the next one okay same thing different different looking dude but you know so puncture in the them? abdomen area yeah they all, all they all appear to have been received a some sort of piercing wound in the chest and and that they're frozen in horror. Do you have any idea what would have happened here, Hope? Maybe whoever owned the arm exploded? That's what I thought initially as well, but then what stabbed all of these people? I don't know. As you <laughs> to the library? <laughs> As you examine closer, one of the things you do see that's familiar, there's a few things you see that's familiar. One is uh, Hope. When you were searching Thailander's corpse yesterday, two gentlemen with a box came and loaded up Thailander's corpse and took them off. They are among the eight corpses that are dead. And you also see the box um, you see the box leaning up against a house. It doesn't have Thailander's corpse in it. God damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I love Hope so much. What's wrong? Thailander might not be dead. I was under the impression you had been pretty thorough with that. We we killed him. And this was the box his corpse was in. Well, that is exceptionally unnerving. (laughs) (laughs) well done I don't know if I want to go sneaking off into his library at this point but we could uh, where was it exactly that when Varel bursted through the ground where was that because we're at the house right oh it's in the house it's it's, it's amongst the rubble it's amongst the rubble by the way I'm giving uh, Hope inspiration for that line (laughs) It was delivered perfectly. Thank you. Now, 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 uh, John, you're the only one to never get inspiration. (laughs) Sorry. Continue on. It's fine. Well, this turned into a bit of a bust. And we have no idea where he'd be going. No. I say we still go down to the library. It's the only thing we have right now. I don't know how he lived. He's a particularly tricky magic user. He's proven quite adept at basically everything except fighting you two. Uh, I mean, we can see what we can find in order to get down there. I'd still be willing to go. As you guys are having this conversation, you hear the sound of um, something thudding the dirt. Oh, and fall. And you look, but you see nothing move. Thudding? Yeah, you hear, you hear like, as if somebody punched the dirt. 
the ground. And you I'm swear you thought you see movement out of the corner of your eye, but when you look, you see nothing. I'm going to perception the ground to see if I can see an indent. Um, okay, perception. Roll a perception roll, please. 12. You don't see a hole in the ground, but you think maybe the arm wasn't in the position you remembered seeing it in. I'm going to watch the arm. <laughs> okay. Uh, gonna... With any intent? Is there any skill associated with this watching? To see if I'd see it move. Okay. For how long? I'm just going to stare at it. Like, Stanley, I think I saw it move. Is, it... is he Is he still alive? Is try... that arm his and he's still alive? I'm going to drum my rapier and stab the arm. <laughs> okay. Make an attack roll, please. That is 17. Okay. Uh, you walk, you approach uh, the center of this crater area. And you approach it. Uh, you didn't specify cautiously, so it's not cautiously you're walking with some... <laughs> some purpose to the center and you go to take your rapier and stab it and as you go to stab it the thing springs to life and snaps into it and sort of its tension pops it into the air and it fires straight at your neck and grabs hold of your neck Stanley and begins choking the life out of you uh, you take four points of damage as it's this is the filthy second nails. time this has happened to me <laughs> <laughs> Sinks into your neck, and you've got this. There's sort of it's dried on the end, so it's not bleeding, but you see a piece of bone, you know, severed and like flesh dangling from it. The thing is alive, and it's, it's strangling you immediately. You can see white in your eyes as you begin to lose, um, you know, lose the ability to, to see. Very painful. Uh, hope you see this happening. I'm gonna run over and see if I can get my hands on its fingers. Okay, so you attempt to peel it off of you, yeah. essentially? Okay. Roll a strength check, please. Uh, 20, not natural. Oh, that's a good roll. Um, so you go to peel off one of its fingers. You take, like, the... Which finger is it that you're focusing on? The thumb. I'm going for the thumb, and if I break it, I break it. Okay. So you, you, you pull it right off, and the thumb, like, the bone snaps, and you've got, you've got a thumb in your hand. It's still pressed into his neck so hard with the palm and the fingers. You can see in Stanley's neck, like, it's like seconds away from puncturing uh, the muscle in his neck. Uh, Stanley, what do you do? I'm going to drop my rapier from my hand and go, parlay. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that's a magic word for your sword. Yes, it is. Nice. Is you drop the sword from your hand and say parlay, and the sword starts to float into the air. I don't think you can talk to it, Stanley. <laughs> and then send <laughs> the sword right into the arm. Okay. And how exactly? Well, you have I, some control over it, right? Yeah. You command it. Yeah, I'd be. You can stab the arm, but is it? Is, are you stabbing it from the back, or is it floating, or is it laying against me, choking me? It's floating. Uh, then up through it. Okay. Like the blade oh. aims up, shoots straight up. Hopefully, momentum. And stops and all at that. your stops at your neck, basically. Yeah. Okay. Roll an attack roll. 
that is another 17. Okay, and roll your damage dice. Eight. Okay, um, so the sword flips around and then slides right into the end, piercing bone, and you just see it sort of expand as it makes room for the blade to sink in to the arm. And then um, it comes up to the end. Um, it doesn't release its grip on you, but the tension is certainly uh, somewhat released. But it's whatever is powering the arm is fueled by a magical energy and not just physical muscle. It still has its grip on you. Well, that's my. Uh, that would be technically a bonus action. So with okay. my action, I'm going mm -hmm. to try to reach up with both hands and pull it off of me. Okay, so that's a. Grapple. You're going to use strength to disengage from a grapple, essentially? I mean, I don't know the rule on a floating arm. If I can use dexterity, it'd be dexterity, but if it has to be strength, I'll use strength. I think it has to be strength because it has grip on you. There's no way to slide out of this one. Okay. That's a five. You're unable to, to <laughs> remove its grip, and indeed it continues to have its grip on you and sink its nails, its dirty, like, nails into you and continues doing damage uh, you take four more points of damage and it, uh, it's, it's, it's squeezing the life out of you um, slowly uh, how much HP do you have? I mean this is like four I'm HP at, I'm, I'm like you're on death's door I still have 100 <laughs> HP left I'm at 13 hit points right now Okay. alright well you feel it's working whatever it's doing it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you need, you need it's a solution working. to this problem um, and because it's it's causing you uh, a lot of pain, I uh, hope it's your turn. Oh, All right, I'm I gonna very go to much like this off my throat, please. <laughs> I'm trying, Stanley. I'm trying, and I'm gonna go and grab the arm and try and pull up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna try and pull its fingers off again. Just the arm. Pull it up. Up. Okay. All right. So... Roll on a roll on a tech roll. Alrighty. Uh, strength would be a 22. Okay. Um, oh, so you roll strength check. Yeah, kind of like a, a grapple to pull it up. Okay. Um, so you manage to... you put in. So you, you go to pull it. You use both your hands. You also put a foot on Stanley. Um, <laughs> as Sorry, you, as Stanley! Pull him off. You successfully are able to, to pull it off, but there's a, a big impact. You fall prone on your back as you pull it off, and Stanley, it tears Stanley's flesh from his neck. Sorry! Um, causing a further uh, six points of damage as he also falls prone uh, and has giant ga like gashes from his where the fingers have pulled it off from him. Can I now and wrap my arms and legs around it to keep it... Uh, yeah, okay. You, okay. Well, yeah, let's say you do that. So you now have your you're you're now grappling this uh, this arm, um, and it is it is putting its fingers in your the four fingers it has left in your face. It's trying to grab onto your face as you try to pin it down onto the ground. Uh, Stanley, um, you're lying uh, face up in the ground, and your neck is on fire. Your turn. I'm going to. Uh get up and bring the rapier back to my hand mm -hmm. and I'm going to go over and try to help Hope wrestle it to the ground yeah uh, the plan is to get it out away from her so I can strike down and like pin it to the ground you know what I mean but sure. I don't know how long that would take to do the plan is to pin it to the ground yeah like 
like wrestle it away from her. So if I stabbed it with a sword, it would oh, be like a skewer, 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 yeah, skewer. Okay, attack roll, please. That is a eight. Okay, roll your damage dice. Oh no, sorry, it misses. Ten eight. <laughs> you, you go. You gotta swing like, and try. Easy to hit. <laughs> try to skewer it and and you just hit dirt and it doesn't quite work and you're you're being careful not to hurt Hope obviously so that's part of why your miscalculation happens. Uh, Hope, it's your turn. Um. Uh, all right, I'm gonna roll on top of it so that my body weight is holding it down now so that should make it easier to keep grappled okay um yeah. and then I'm gonna screen him uh, Stanley do you got any fire nope <laughs> <laughs> alright so you're continuing to grapple I should have probably given you advantage on that last roll uh Stanley so um, you can go ahead and make another attack now with All the right. advantage. Yeah, the, the the arm's not going anywhere. Hope has it deadlocked, so go ahead and do that. Uh, that's a 14. Okay, and where do you skewer it? By the palm or by the arm? By the palm. Okay, so you enter, roll your damage dice, and you put the knight, put the rapier into the hand and skewer it into the ground. And uh, I just start. Nine. Yeah, and it start it's it flops around a bit, and then falls limp. Well, that was the worst thing since the last terrible door I opened. Last one? What happened the last time? It's Are a you long all right? Story about a box. Uh, I, no, I don't feel very good, but I will in a minute, and I'm gonna cast uh, cure wounds at level. To... Nope, I'm not. I'm out of spells. I'm not going to do anything. Nope, I'm not good. Hope I feel pretty bad. <laughs> All right, well, you sit down. You take a, a take a rest. Now, as you guys have uh, finished the scuffle, you hear um, you hear footsteps approaching. I'll look up, but I've started pulling out my flint and my torch so I can light the torch and then light the, the arm on fire. Are you going to light a torch? I've got a torch. Okay, <laughs> all right. My adventure gear. And <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, are you doing anything? Uh, no, because until that arm stops moving, I'm not pulling my sword back out. So I'm... Okay, so you sort of stand there waiting to see what's coming next as the footsteps approach. And with that, we'll go to a break and we'll find out what happens. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, you heard the man. Uh, it's break time. We'll be back in about ten. Five minutes. Five. five ten. Sorry, five. Ten. The most. We can do ten. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned. Uh, we're not going anywhere, and neither should you. I'm super into this story, so come on back, and we'll do it together. Bo Schwartz, you want to uh, pick up where we left off? Yes, we return to Vorel, alone mm. in the desert. Oh, that's right. The warm sun bearing down upon you, but you are cool, for you are cold-blooded, and it is comfortable. And you continue on following the path of the figure, the lizard folk figure in the distance. Not ten minutes uh, later, you can still see Nash off to your right, jogging back towards Slave Town. 
uh, cresting what appears to be a kind of dune you see behind it. Uh, how do I describe this? It's it's you know how um, there's, there's a tent, I guess. Let's say we'll call it a tent. Okay. <laughs> how do I describe a tent? Ah, uh, tent, uh, you say? How exotic! There's, there's, but it's it's, <laughs> it's just a piece of canvas, uh, sort of wrapped around this large uh, area. Brown, and this is the familiar kind of housing of your people who might have something sacred to protect from the elements because mm. they often don't use such things. And outside, you see, uh, you see, you see two lizard folk guarding the front door, and you see the person you saw in the distance also walking towards that. Do they appear to be of the desert lizard tribes? Um, so it's not there's nothing no tribe indicated mm-hmm. um, however you you do have the sense that this is something of a something of importance something of a spiritual nature okay I will follow the individual I was following thus far yeah, so additional 10 minutes as you approach the tent and get closer the figure you were following walks in to the tent leaving the two uh, lizard folk on the outside. Uh, they don't. They appear to be, both be armed with spears. They're they're makeshift. They look like they're made from. Uh, it's like it's like they're wooden, but on the tips are tied, like what appear to be giant teeth of some kind from some unknown animal, and uh, they're they're out there. They're uh, looking towards you, even though you know they're standing quite stoically and, and unmoving, as your folk are capable of being quite still. Uh, so they, may, they might not be directly looking at you, but their eyes to the side, like you're you're being witnessed, walking, approaching. Mm, creepy. Well, I will walk up. I mean, the the guy entering the tent didn't do one of those like hold the door open, look back, and like nod kind of things, did they? Uh, no, they didn't. They didn't really seem to acknowledge her at all. Okay, then I will walk, you know, tell them about ten feet from these two guards, take a nice wide stance, and say in Draconic, Brothers, I have heard the summons. (laughs) They look to you and they say, "Are Are you armed? With nothing but muscle. Leave your earthly possessions on the ground here. I take off my water skin with the coin pouch on it and drop it on the ground. Now please observe respect. You are entering uh, the presence of our most revered Tepala. Hand to my chest and a slight bow. I see. She is a priestess of the stars and seeks your audience. And from the tone of their their so lizard folk don't have tones like fleshlings, uh, you can tell it's these are women that are speaking to you. They're not male. They they're not male lizard folk. Excellent. Um, and they sort of step step aside. And one of them holds the flap and beckons you enter. I enter. All right. As you go in, it's it's dark inside, but also it appears larger on the inside than it did from the outside. There's this strange amount of room and space on the inside. It mm. is sandy, it's musty, smells of lizard folk, which is a pleasing scent. 
uh, of lady lizard folk, no less. Probably a real relief after your last companion. Now, inside <laughs> inside the room is sand, but towards the center of this area is a mound of sand, um, and atop it, it's almost formed sort of a chair, and atop it uh, is is the person you the figure you saw in the field, a large, you know, your height, seven foot, um, green skinned. Oh. Lizard folk insists there. He says, Welcome, child. I will kneel before to... me. I, I already am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so kneel. You are here because I have heard your cries, child. Your cries of pain and anguish. And from seeing you now, I can smell the stench of fleshlings. You spoke with one of my companions in the desert. And then from the back, you see the movement and a large snake sort of moves forward. <laughs> and you recognize it as the snake that you had a moment with several days prior. And the snake circles around underneath her arm and she pets it. The desert has heard your cries, and the lands weep for you. What is your name, child? Borel Rasvim Kurik. She considers you for a brief moment. A Kurik. You are from a strong tribe. An old tribe that I've lost. Your blood runs ice in this tribe. You come from a line of great warriors and hunters. But tell me, child, what ails you so? The beings of the desert, they are broken, factioned, and out for blood and slaves. I have joined a group of them looking to reverse this blight but as the fleshlings tend to do they have become lost and confused and part of the problem indeed the stars have told me such are you aware that a great great god has been awoken. Is this the mighty dragon that rose from the ground not X number of days ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have heard its cries through the sky, through the night sky, amongst the stars. It appears that the great god of fire and anger has awoken. Fushi. Do you know of Fushi, the father of fire? I am not familiar, though I know if it requests a gathering, all must answer. Fushi is in great pain. Our, our ancestors and our gods do not dine to spend any time on this difficult world, which is why we are here. And yet Fushi is trapped. 
and because of this all of our kind suffer you've felt it have you not I've felt it Vorel Rasmin Rasvim Kurek what is your name yeah I got it you come from a line of great warriors and it is your time now to fill the shoes of your ancestors and become a great warrior and aid Fushi in returning to his home amongst the stars. Can you do this? With great honor. And do you have the strength you need or do you continue to feel weakness? I am surrounded by weakness. I wish to understand why action is so complicated among the fleshlings. It is clear to me you've spent too much time amongst the fleshlings to even wonder about such things. Why do you not kill them? They... Varel thinks a moment and looks at the snake and have their own honor about them and they do desire peace when they've awakened to it but in searching for their honor you have yourself made yourself weak you sit in existential angst trying to determine your role in this world when it, the path is laid right there before you then show me, for I have lost sight of it. Approach me, child. I do. Okay, you get up, and then she stands up in front of you, and she looks to you, and she takes a she takes a palm to your head, and puts it on sort of your snout and area, and begins. He's a in and the room begins to fill with smoke and drums and the two guards enter in from behind as well and they join in unison in the chanting and as the chanting continues your, head's be your head begins to swim and the world falls away from you as if you fell into a giant hole and the world runs from you it's, it's just like zipping away finally you awake in in light and you are in the desert but the sky isn't the sky the sky is fire it's burning the horizon is nothing but flames all around you you look around and see nothing but flames in the sand and you hear rumbling underneath you and you know that you are prey as the ground shakes a giant set of teeth emerge underneath you attempting to swallow you whole from the sand, just sand, just sort of as the jaws come out from the ground, the sand sprinkles down, and you hear like a loud shh as sand falls from the teeth into the ground into its own mouth of this thing, and it, it threatens to swallow you. The teeth come down on either side of you as the ground gives way to throat and tongue, and you're in the maw of some giant beast, and it threatens to swallow you. And you hear 
You hear the words of the priestess echo. It says, Find your strength, Forel. Fight. That I do, and I, um, New Hope trash compactor my arms out to the side and attempt to battle this mighty maw. Strength roll, please. Uh, I will enter my rage. Done. <laughs> and strength roll with advantage for 15. Okay. So you're able, you're able to stop. You put both hands, muscles rippling through scales as they dig in to either side and push the jaws open again. And you let out a cry that echoes and the flames grow more intense on the horizon as you look up into the sky and see nothing but fiery inferno. What do you do next? Mm. So I, I've, I've, I've parted the mouth, or at least held it from fully closing. That's right. You've got like a foot on maybe a tonsil or something and some other piece of <laughs> internal flesh. <laughs> Your foot mm. on a tonsil. Sorry, that's a really funny visual. Hey, fan artists, I got an idea for you. <laughs> All right, I will, I will climb. I will begin to ascend the chimney of the mouth and make my way to the exit. Okay. The flames beckon. Do you have any plan for the mouth closing as you attempt to climb? Is this an acrobatics check to, to jump out quickly, or...? No, this would be raw strength. I would expect that if the teeth would close by the time I got there, that I'd punch the room or... Okay, so let's do a let's do an athletics check then. Chimney climb. Ooh. Twenty three. Okay, so you put either feet on either side and hoist yourself up using your feet to keep the jaws spread open and hoist your arms above the teeth and eventually shimmy your way up so that you're standing and then the mouth closes and you're standing on the mouth and you see you see what it is that's assailed you. It's a sand shark. And it has giant eyes and a giant like mouth that it uses to, to vibrate its way through sand. But you see the telltale uh, fin on the back. And as it realizes it hasn't caught its prey, it sinks back into the sand. And then now you're back onto the sand. And you look around and you start to see fins come out of the ground. And there are four fins circling all around your area. Is this a, a bully, or is this like a mythical shark creature? This is a, 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 a creature of legend, but they're said mm. to exist in the real world. But they are fearsome, rare creatures that eat. That eat without conscience. That eat without fear. That eat, that have no sense of hesitation when it comes to feeding and strength. And it so, appears you are the prey now. My feet landed on the sand as it just descends back into its circling. I'd know that this is a great honor to battle, battle such raw strength of the desert. And I will prepare an action. And the okay. second one dives up. Now, this thing was giant, right? Huge. Yeah, you were in its mouth. These are giant yeah. creatures. Does it have smaller ones with it, or are they all of equal size? You can't tell. You know, the one that tried to eat you was quite large. That's, you know, you were able to fit in its mouth quite easily. So it has a, a very large size. Cool. Um, then I will, I'll hunch over uh, prepared action to either dive if it's large or just punch the, the schnoz if it's of 
large or smaller. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna dive if it's which size? Medium? Oh no! If it, if it's the huge like legendary one and Gargantua, it comes at me, I'll, okay. gotcha. I'll dive out of the way. But if it's gotcha. smaller guy, I'll just smack it. So you prepare your action and the and and you wait intently as the for your opening as the the fins circle around and finally one of the fins breaks off from the circle and seems to be going away, but then makes a sudden turn back towards your direction. You feel ground shake and sand vibrate under your feet as the shark flies into the air from the sand. A giant explosion of sand shoots up and past you, and you see it's, it's making like this diving motion to try and eat you in midair as it flies through, and it's of a large size, so it's, it's quite large, but it's not gargantuan, and it flies towards you. You've ready your action to punch it in the face, so let's yep. roll that attack roll now. Excellent. I will use a reckless attack, throwing my whole weight into it with a 15. Uh, okay, roll your damage dice. That would be five points of damage. Okay. Yeah, and so you, 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 you bring your fist up and you punch it square in the schnoz. Boom, we're like the ma- on top of where the mouth is, and it stops dead in its tracks. Pain ripples throughout your body as you've stopped something of a great velocity right there with your punch, and it falls to the ground and it screams. And it can't sink into the ground. It starts flopping around as it struggles to find its way back into the sand. Your turn. It can't attack you right now. All right, then I will run around and Bowser. I'm going to grab it by its tail and start spinning. Okay. Strength <laughs> check, please. Strength check! Uh, oh, and there wasn't a full round delay between its attack. Can I still be raging? You're still raging. Okay, yeah. cool. cool. Then it's a 17. Okay. You lift it, you hoist it up, and it's very heavy, and you start dragging it around with all of your might as, as muscles ripple, and you do two circles with you dragging it on the ground, and then finally it begins to move into the air, and you spin it, spin it, and now you're spinning. Uh, the velocity is so strong that you couldn't stop it if you wanted to as you spin with this giant shark in circles. All right, as I do, I'd like to make a perception check to see if there's any incoming sharks. Okay. Uh, okay. Roll this perception check. A 15. Okay. Um, you do see that there's one of the um, one of the shark fins that's redder than the other ones, and it appears to be breaking off from the circle and looking to make its way uh, in okay. for an attack. I'll, I kind of dancer ballerina eye it, so that as my head spins around, I've got my eye like, ah, ah, keeping an eye on it as it's coming towards me, and I'll either try to bat it if the spin is at that point, or throw it into the other guy if we're at that point. Okay. Alright, so um, you're, you're... Are you, you're going to throw it if it's far away and then hit it if it's close? Is that, is that right? right? Basically, as the spin comes around, are we midair and I can use it like a baseball bat to smack this shark out yeah. of the air? Or is it still coming at a distance, in which case I'll throw it? Yeah, I think the baseball bat thing is more likely based on the, the range. So, um, cool. yeah, so, so you wait for it. You continue spinning with the thing, and then you see it finally break ground. The ground rumbles again and shakes, uh, and, and the, the, the sand shark flies into the air and goes for an attack on you. Uh, you swing the uh, sand shark into its face. Roll an attack. Roll for that, please. Would this be strength or just roll an spitting? attack? Okay. Yeah, whatever strength based. It has to be strength based. I think. Seventeen. 
a giant sand shark, not a finesse weapon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you roll, sorry? Uh, 17. Okay. So you smack it. It flies up in the air, and shark flesh on shark flesh connect, and the impact um, causes you to fall prone and let go of the shark. However, the two sharks' butt heads baff, and they both fly into the air. There's shark teeth flying out of all of it. You hear a satisfying crunch of destruction, and, and both the sharks fall onto the ground and start flopping around. But unfortunately, you've gone prone. And the two other sharks directly make their way to you as mouths open up underneath you and uh, both attack, um, trying to grab you into their mouths. And they do. Uh, both mouths almost connect in this weird kiss-like way. Like, you have one jaw like this and one jaw like this, right? So you're, like, in this cage of jaws as they both fight over who gets to eat you. And that's the only thing that pre- prevents the jaws from closing uh, during the tumble you to you take some seven points of damage um and it, well it hurts but it's not clear that you're in a, a real place or not necessarily um so you know you, you do take seven points of damage and uh, the mouths close in on you and all of a sudden you're in blackness and it's hot and you feel the stench of shark breath fill the room and everywhere you touch is sharp and you're now locked into this cage of mouths so i am sort of in two socks of sharks i, I am yeah yeah, like, like, they're, they're like, what, like the one mouth went like this, and one mouth is like this, and they're like, it's mm. like trying to fight over who gets to eat you as you're stuck in the center. Who was the uh, the name? What was the name of the dragon she named a while ago? Uh, Fushi. Like sushi. Fushi. Fushi. F U X I. And you said it was God of Fire. God of uh, the Father of Fire. Father of Fire. Hmm. Then from it's inside the shark, but I'm you know I'm in, I'm in my own business. I'm not talking to anybody outside the shark, but I will ah Fushi. If this is your test, I am better, and I will for the first time activate, and I assume inspired by this fairy event, my flaming aura, and declare myself a barbarian rage of fire. Okay, so. Are you like a human fireball? What is the aura? Uh, it is. Do? So this is me declaring my barbarian level three class. And I'm going to take the flaming tempest where when I rage, there's a fire aura around me that burns those I wish it to. Okay. Well, then you so, do so. Excellent. So, there's fire all around you inside the mouths of the beast. All right, then I'm emanating fire in a five-foot radius around, or ten-foot radius around me, burning the inside of the shark's mouths. And is there other damage rolls, or do they just take the damage? Is that it? Is I apologize. It's my first time using it. No, it's okay. It is my primal path. It is storm herald desert modifier, and I believe it's a set amount of damage. Two fire damage each. Each turn, in my okay. aura. All right, but they take they 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 they're set aflame. But in this world, the the fire is exacerbated because of the fiery aura of the sky, and the the flames that. Oh, it requires a save. I apologize. Oh, okay. Uh, what save uh, is it? Eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your Constitution modifier. Okay, so plus two, and then 
Constitution is what, three or four you have on there? Yes, I have one dirt off that. Your modifier is plus three. Cool. So it'd be 13. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. All right. They don't save. And the, fl- the mouse begins setting a flame. You hear the squealing. It's filling your ears. It's loud, it's deafening. And the mouse let go. And they sink back into the ground. But you see flesh and flame melting from their mouths. as They sink back into the ground. Um, uh, you see the flames all around you begin to descend as if the sky itself was falling and the fire was coming to engulf the land. And there's a sense, a sense of hopelessness as, as fire just rains down upon you. You begin to get pelted with these little rocks of flame and the ground eventually just comes and crushes you. Or the sky eventually comes and crushes you into fire. And then as, the as the sky defends, uh, descends, I will attempt to punch it. Okay, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Roll an attack roll. Reckless attack! A 23 to punch the sky. You punch the sky. Roll your damage dice. (laughs) Seven points of damage, which is the maximum damage on my... swing your arm into the air, and you take take, uh, your anguish out on the the sky. It doesn't appear to react in any way, but but you do successfully connect before fading to black. Varel, or not Varel, sorry, Hope and Stanley. The footsteps get closer, and they're they're about to round the corner. As you My torch is cr- lit! As you sit in the crater, uh, pinning an arm, pinning the sentient arm, who appears to be limp, uh, into the ground with a rapier. You've got your torch lit. Stanley is more concerned about the arm at this point, just waiting to see what happens. And then right in the corner, a figure comes around the corner. And it's wearing a sort of the sort of cape and hood, and has a loincloth on, a stick with a nail in it, <laughs> and he's got a lot of warts on his body. And he's like, <laughs> and you see Nash around the corner, and Nash says, "The hell is going on here?" <laughs> One moment, Nash. I light it up. Burn that thing. Oh, you're going to burn the arm. I thought you were going to burn Yeah, like, as much fire as I can muster. Okay. Uh, attack roll. What would I add to it? With advantage. It's pinned, by the way. It's okay, an unarmed cool. strike, I think, for a torch or possibly a club. Cool, cool. So a uh, 20, not natural. Yeah, it's not unarmed. It's a club. Okay. Um, you set it aflame. Roll your damage die. Roll like a d6 and add your strength to it. Alrighty, six damage. Okay. Toughest monster yet, this arm. Um, <laughs> kids have rolled a lot of damage dice for it. I'm like, uh, so uh, it, ca- it begins to set a flame, and the arm begins to melt, and it sort of curls up the way like a spider would. You know, it just like shrivels as it as it burns and doesn't appear to be moving. Turns becomes blackened, and charred. And it smells like cooked meat. You guys realize you're hungry at this point. Hey, Nash. What happened here? You got attacked by an arm, as you can see. What? Uh, Wait, wait, hold on a second. An arm? These guys look familiar. Who are these these dead guys? uh, These are the uh, Toyota hosts that took Thailander's body. It seems Thailander might not be as dead as we had hoped. Should have made the lizard come with me. 
I'm going to take my sword back. I would appreciate it if you all would be very ready in case this thing decides it's not dead. I'll grab the arm. Is it still on fire? Jimbo. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no. <laughs> it's still on fire. It's only been a few seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's on fire. Blackened and charred. Alright, I'm gonna pull the sword out. Okay, pull the sword out. It goes limp, does nothing. Well, that's a relief. So, Nash, mm. uh, seems you have come back without the Cyclops, but also without Varel. Where is he? Uh, he... Okay, long story. You want the full deal or the short story? Give me the short version. All right. We convinced the Cyclops to go eat people so he'll be distracted. Uh, The idea was that while he was doing that, we would get back to town, coordinate with you guys, and make a plan. The problem is, Varel saw some of his own people, or at least his own kind, and uh, decided that it was his way to stay around and see what that was about. So he didn't go with me. So I don't know where he is or what he's up to right now, except it seemed important to him. But we don't have a lot of time is my point. We've got Orp in the middle of what might be the greatest man buffet he's ever seen in his life. Where exactly did you send him that offers such a wonderful man buffet, as you say? (laughs) Not a euphemism. Like, literally, he's going to eat those men. But here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about man-eating for a little bit before we move on? I'm going to say Varel... Varel had this idea to send him on a... uh, to one of the routes that they they come and go from. And then they would just eat and eat and eat and eat. Or he would. And this would distract him long enough for us to do what we have to do. Now, here's the problem. We told him that my knife was a communications device. But only... We could hear him, and we couldn't respond. So he's talking into a knife at some point. When he realizes that's doing him no good, he's probably going to come stomping back here. So that's the short of it. I'll look at Stanley. (laughs) And I'll look back at the arm. (laughs) Um, So you sent Orp to go eat people. He was insistent. This is part of the deal. He really wanted to eat, and it was that, or he was going to make us go with him and eat men with him. Now, I'm not into that. Varel might in a pinch, but I'm not into it. So the goal was he would go distract. He would be away and distracted and not here stomping around town and eating people so that I could get back here and tell him he could talk to you through a dagger. (laughs) Well, this is actually... I mean, I'm not... I I wish he was here to speak for himself, but this was Varel's idea. Basically, we just needed him to go because he didn't want to leave. He wanted to go with us, and he refused to go unless we went with us. So we convinced him that if he took this dagger and used it in this way, that that was as good as having us there. So it was a trick, but he fell for it. (laughs) That makes it okay. I mean, yeah. what do you need? What do you, would you rather him be here and eating everybody left and right? All, by the way, where is everybody? The town's Nash. empty. What, I'm what? not mad at you. Oh, shit. 
I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Wait, why? Sometimes that's worse. This is a good point. This is a good plan, and it was Varel's, not mine. So, your plan is to keep him distracted for as long as it takes for him to figure out that a the magical dagger you gave him is not in fact magic, <laughs> or b he goes to eat people and gets tired of it and decides to come back looking for you. Correction. At which point he will come to this town and probably smash it looking for you, possibly killing the people we're here to rescue because he doesn't know what a dust hillion looks like compared to any other person out there. And even if they do manage to kill him and save the town, I will be blamed for. All right. One, Varel's plan. Okay. Two, uh, the thinking is if we take advantage of the time instead of arguing over this burning hand. The hand is not an issue. We've addressed the hand. <laughs> right. But we're just standing here when we could be getting those we want out of here, out of here. Before he comes back, the idea is if we accomplish our goals, he can come blow this place up and who cares? It's a shithole. There are slaves here. This is a bad place. Let's wipe it from the ass of time. <laughs> what? I like that expression. <laughs> I smell inspiration. You already have inspiration. Oh shit! I haven't used that. <laughs> I can only give you one at a time, dude. You're too, you're too good. You're too good. The only problem with this is that the slaves are gone. Where are we they? We can't save anybody right now. Where are the slaves? Where'd they go? They evacuated the town. To where? On account of the cyclops. Where? They we drove them off to a safe place outside of town. We don't know exactly. Nobody told... You don't know the location. Well, I think we were told, but I can't remember it at the <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh, the salivating fields. The soldiers told you guys. You, you remember that. <laughs> I... Thankfully, Stanley remembers that they were taken to the salivating field. Great. That's, this is better. They're all in one place. We go there. We gather them up. We get out of here. We kill anyone who tries to stop us. And we do it in enough time so that before Orp gets back and destroys everything, and we're not here. We're clear and free. We have our slaves back. We, we get them on their way to Dust Hill. And then, well, and then Varel hopefully catches up with us. I'm worried about that bit. Well, that's a great idea, Nash. Just go ahead and cast Cure Wounds on me. Get me up to speed, and I'll be real good, and we can get right on that. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you noticed, I'm missing a chunk of my neck right now. So just go ahead and heal me up and take good care of me. I don't have a healing spell. Oh, interesting. Neither do I. So I guess we're not going to be mounting any rescues right now, are we? What happened to your healing spell? I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> but you had a spell. You've used all your slots, haven't you? I don't know what that means. All I'm going to tell you is I'm tired. I'm fatigued. There's no more magic today besides little tricks. Hope, do you have anything that'll help him? We've got to get I've moving. Got, I know how to fix cars, and as far as I know, Stanley's not a car. I'm sorry, Stanley. It's fine. <laughs> well, shit. Um, in the middle of this heated argument, um, Scott... You begin to feel um, your blood pumping. Oh, no. 
You're starting to feel that butterfly feeling in your stomach as, as this sort of intensity approaches and you start you to feel nauseous and you put your hand on your staff and you start leaning on it and the, the other the others see this. Nish, don't do it. Uh, I can't. Breathe, Nish. I'm trying. But this time it's, it's different. Uh, Hope and Stanley, as you look at Nash, uh, his skin begins to change before you, almost as if starts to, it's like he's becoming his skin's becoming charred and blackened and you'd swear almost that bumps were forming on his skins and these are not these warts but these sort of hardened bumps in his face his face starts to look hardened and black oh, this he almost, sucks he almost he almost looks it's, it's almost um as time progresses and you sort of watch this transformation take place his, his skin becomes a little bit scaly. What did you and Varel do rivers? out in the desert, Nash? Nothing. I'm. I. I mean, I. I've still got Cyclops P on me. Maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> your sides begin to start burning. You start to feel this burning sensation in your throat, like the taste of iron, and and your, your sides begin to start just heating up. Uh, Nash, and you can feel this, and you feel very sick. Um, as this happens, you hear a giant. <laughs> I didn't do that very good, <laughs> but, but it echoes throughout. It echoes throughout the desert sky. This isn't anything local. This is a large scream, uh, and I see Hope looking up. So, <laughs> Hope, yeah, as you I look figured. up, uh, you see uh, in in the, in the bright blue cloudless sky. Um, you see the f- uh, a figure, like a, like a bird, wings flapping, and then you hear it again. <laughs> you hear this like loud scream, and as it gets closer, the form looks familiar. In fact, it looks like the dragon you saw erupt from the ground not a week ago. Um, and as it approaches Nash, you sort of look up to see what she's looking at. As as the dragon approaches, you start to feel worse and worse. Uh, this is bad. Yeah, and then you light up into flames. Uh, roll saving throws, Stanley and Hope. Yeah, this doesn't hurt me. Dex. Dexterity, yes, please. Uh, Sixteen. Uh, Twenty-five. Okay. So as he explodes, you take both take will take half the damage. Um, so rather than eight, you take four. And flames it just flames engulf you as you run out of the area where Nash blows up. Nash, you don't lose consciousness this time. Oh, okay. You get down on a knee and you see white in your eye and you have a hard time seeing. It's almost like you're blinded temporarily. Okay. You know, you know that feeling of just seeing white, and then you hear a voice in your head. And it's low and ancient. And this voice says, Mother. Effer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who? What is this? Who? Who are you? Mother. Where are you, mother? I I don't understand. Show yourself. Mother, 
Where are you? I can see you. But I can feel you. I, I don't know who you are. What is this place? And it, breaking your concentration all this, you hear a from the sky again as the dragon uh, echoes out this large scream. And finally, you actually start to hear some movement in the town. A few car engines spring on. <laughs> and you start to hear uh, people leave. The dragon flies past the town into the distance. And your symptoms begin to abate. Okay. And there's a big a blackened charred sand circle all around you uh, where you're sort of kneeling and your vision comes back. Okay. And who, and and do I see, do I see uh, Hope and Stanley? You do. Okay. Yeah. They're standing there. Um, some of their clothes are, have burned singe marks on them. I'm really sorry, you guys. <laughs> Is everybody okay? What, what, what's what's the damage? I didn't. I don't know what that was. I need to talk about it. But is everyone okay first? Yeah, we're all right. Stanley, more or less. Nash, was that caused by the dragon? Was there a? Was there a dragon? I mean, could you see it? Was it here? I mean, we saw it, right? It flew right over the town. Uh, it's hard to say what was vision and what was real. You had a vision. Sort of. I, it was all white, and I could hear the sounds of what I thought was the dragon, but also an ethereal voice asking for a mother. And I have no idea who that is. Nash? Yeah. Do you have a dragon child? No. Are you sure? Well, I'm... Do I look like a mother? Ever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I I don't know what you mean. I'm Nash Magard of the Solar Mines. I know nothing about mothers or dragons. Or the Look, mothers I don't of dragons. Know either. You keep exploding into fire every so often, and right now you're all scaly. The, no shit! I look down at my arms, and I see. Do I have the scale still, Mo? Um, the scale symptoms have begun to subside, but you still do see. So I can kind of see them? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what this is. I don't know what these are. I don't know any of this. Placing blame on me is a waste of our breath. We've got to figure this out and get out of here. I mean, I'm not really blaming you. You are the one who exploded. The, this mystery has been solved. I can't control you, it. I Nash. Can't, I can't control it. I don't know what lights the fuse. I don't get it. You've never had any encounters with a dragon in your life before. Not that I know of. I have no memory of dragons other than what we've experienced together. I've never seen one until the- when you and I escaped from the land of the gnomes. Or those idiots in the cat. Yes, ma'am. Before you went underground, you exploded. Oh, yeah, but there were no dragons in that. The dragon came out of that same ground. Oh, you're right. Well, I don't know. Listen, seriously, it's not like I've been to uh, burnt guy uh, psychiatry. I haven't. Maybe I've got memories I can't unlock. We need to find a, a way, I guess, but I don't know what else to do, and you can't really quarantine me. 
Well, you also blew up in Dust Hill. There were no dragons in Dust Hill, but there was a dragon engine. So you're saying yeah. when I'm near dragon artifacts or dragons themselves, I'm blowing up. I mean, it's about as good a theory as I can come up with. There was a dragon engine under the sands, as well as a dragon, apparently. I don't have an explanation. All I know is what I heard. Something about mothers. I heard dragons, and that's it. I don't know what else to tell you. If I were you, I'd leave my sorry ass in the desert alone, because I can't control this. So either we're friends and companions and you're okay having a volatile possible potential dragon mother with you, or you leave me here to rot in the sun. We're not leaving anyone. Should we go back to the inn and get some rest? I would be for that. Uh, um, today has turned into a rough day, we'll say. I need rest. And we need okay. Varel to come home. I'm going to bring the charred arm with me. I'm going to kick sand on it to put the fire out. I'm going to bring that stupid arm with me. <laughs> okay, all right. You kick sand on it, and uh, the fire goes out. It's just smoldering. You're able to pick it up okay at this point. You bring the charred arm with you. Um, all right, so you're returning to Lattlebings, sounds like? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, so um, you making your way down Hell Street, or are you going to go around to Breaker's Row? Baker's Row. Uh, you jump probably hit. down Hell Street, I'd imagine. Yeah, so you head down chance. Break Road to Hell Street. Again, town deathly quiet. And you make your way without incident to uh, the intersection of Heaven and Hell. You take a right down to Laddlebings. And um, you see there that uh, you return to the scene of this morning with the sixth floor wall up top caved in uh, where your room was as well as you see the place where Orp put his foot through the front entrance, so now there's just a giant hole. Um, there's no one inside uh, as you enter into the hotel area. The cafeteria is still intact, or the, the lunchroom, and the stairs heading up, and the desk, but the whole front entrance is just wide open now, and dust has begun to blow in from the, from the street. What do you say we raid the kitchen while no one else is around? <clears throat> Sounds like we're going to eat a feast, and I'll start putting together some stuff that my family would make. Now, this is a family recipe, and I'll start working on some squid. Uh, looking through the kitchen, is there anything I would find that would constitute, because it's, you know, it's vaguely described in here as rations that I could replenish our rations with? Um, I mean, there's sand squid, and there's dried sand squid, so you could take a, make a ration out of a dried sand squid. Okay. Uh, how how much... Can I take some flavored with salt, some flavored with pepper, some flavored with sand squid sauce? I would take as many as I could. Okay. Well, um, a reasonable amount. I mean, up to your encumbrance, right? So there's enough there to make like 30 or 40 rations. Uh, I will take it to where I have five days worth with me, if anybody else. Uh, if you all you might, would like to get in on this sand squid, I would recommend other people carry rations for once, as an idea. That sounds great. Sounds I grabbed uh, about that many. Five, five, six handfuls, whatever, however they come. Are they squid per squid? 
Uh, no, there's several squids. They're dried, so they lose a lot of their uh, size when they become dried. So it takes about five or six to make a full ration of dried sand squid. I'll take six I, six dried according, squid. Yeah, according to the thing, five weighs about ten pounds. So Jesus, that in mind. Yeah, I mean, it's food. Yeah, but it's dry. That's ex- that's really heavy. How big are they? Uh, no, that's for five rations. Oh, five so per ration is two pounds. So okay, two pounds of All food right. for me. Yeah, right. got it. That yeah, it makes more sense though. <laughs> Ten pounds. Uh, right. I'm eating five pizzas for <laughs> my ration. Um, yeah. Okay. So you guys, uh, you know, spend some time in the kitchen uh, assembling your rations and make sure to add them to your inventory on dndbeyond.com. Right um, and then, um, <laughs> as you do this, uh, you hear footsteps descending the stairs from from the kitchen. Here, creaking. And uh, you look out and you see um, you see a woman with a red coat and the, the belt full of bullets in it, red pants, and stumbling down the stairs, somewhat drunken. And then stops on the stairs and just kind of just looks. And this is the one that Varel said he liked. Good morning. Would you like some food? She looks at you through glassy eyes and says, you know what? I'd love some food. What do you? What do we got? Sand squid again? Plenty of it. Oh shit! It seems to be about all they have, she, unfortunately. She saunters on over, sits at the table, and then falls asleep. Guess we could put something in front of her. I'll just cut off a little bit of the sand squid. A little plate over there. All right, so you leave a, some sand squid out for her, even though she's uh, asleep in front of her. Doesn't appear to have taken any notice of any of the destruction around as she sleeps. You hear snoring. And uh, yeah, but apart from that, uh, the assemblage of lunch is without event. Okay. Is that Ash. what time of day it is, by the way? Just curious where we're at on the clock. Uh, probably around afternoon, okay. one or two in the afternoon. Okay. Nash, do you think we need to be worried about Vorel? Do you think we should be going looking for him? Um, Knowing what I know about Vorel, I think he's probably okay. But I I just have a funny feeling about it. I didn't like leaving him there. So it's your call, Stanley. If you think it'd be better to go get him than wait for him, I, I would... I would do that. We need our rest first because you're hurting, but I'd go back out. All for one, one for meeting with a gathering of his people. There's very little I'll be able to do today, but I don't like the idea of leaving a companion out there, possibly in danger. It's up to you two. I'm not going to be of much use to you, but if you want to go out tonight rather than rest up, I would go with you. Hope we don't have a car yet, do we? No. Like anything, I know the the arc the Fate Four is hosed at the moment, but any is there anything around here? Some old hunk well, of junk. What I could do is now that um, it seems that the garage operators are dead, we can go raid the cars out there and see if either fix up the Fate Four or get a new one. Well. At the very least, Stanley can get rest. We hop in whatever car works, if assuming we find one at the garage, 
We go out and look for Varel, which will take way less time. Try not to attract too much attention as best we can with a running motor. Get him. Bring him back. If for some reason, no car, we'll just run again. We'll load up on squid and go. As you, as you say this, uh, you hear footsteps on wood uh, approach the front of the hotel, and the familiar robed figure of the magistrate, whom you've met a few times, appears in the doorway. And he's this tall, slender elf, the appointed politician uh, for the principals, and he, he walks in and surveys the area. And as you speak, he goes... <clears throat> well, hello, are you here for lunch as well? And I'll motion to the passed out woman. <laughs> Um, no, I'm not here for lunch. I'm here, in fact, for you. Who? All of us. The three of you. And perhaps her, too. Is she with you? No, she's drunk. (laughs) We don't know her. I've heard she's quite formidable. Perhaps you should ask her to join. For what? Regardless, I'm here, um... I'm here to speak to you about a matter of great import. Talk then. We're not going anywhere until I'm tired of mystery walks with people I don't know. Gets us in bad situations. I might be a mother dragon. Go talk. Say it. I will get to the. I will get to the. I will get to the point. Angry man. You you remember who I am, right? I'm the I'm the magistrate here in town, and I'm the principal's appointed representative here into the slave town concern oh as you might have noticed we're under siege at the moment there's a giant that i was it was explained to me by the Kromokishi that you're responsible for saving us from and for managing and i realized that might have been a monumental task but i have to ask again for your help because my agents are otherwise tied up fortifying the salivating field plantation from further attack while we figure this thing out. Can I count on you for your help? What is it exactly you need us to do? Well, it appears that you've slain Thailander. However, that death appears not to have taken. I've just received a report from my general indicating that the being known as Thailander has returned to life somehow and has slaughtered many of our militia. I'm pretty sure Hope has his arm. I'll pick it up and wave. <laughs> is that his arm? I don't know. Well, who else? Is, everybody else's <laughs> arm got uh, fingers taken off. This is, I think, that who is, else's arm would it be? So I'm authorized <laughs> to tell you a few things that even our Karomo Kishi folk don't know but this being Thailander he's made packs with demons that have given him unnatural abilities and strength in life and I am out of options on how to deal with them and I can't return to the principle and failure and I'm trying to secure other forces to come assist with us but you've proven yourselves to be formidable champions in the name of the principal's interests and i once again call upon you to serve the principal it goes without saying that you will of course be greatly rewarded for your efforts here by me personally and what sort of reward are we talking about we'll figure that later if you live but it'll be ample 
Horseshit. I assure you, Mr. Angry Nash, <laughs> that it is far from horseshit. Why can't you tell us now what you intend to give us? Because I don't have the resources on me in this moment, but I have the support of the principal, which means whatever wishes in this wasteland of a world that could be granted, you could receive. Mm. What information do you have on Thailander and his current whereabouts? That he's made, he's been researching and made pacts with with demons. Do you believe in in demons? I mean, of course I know that we you believe in demons. I know that your ancestors are rumored to come from demons, but in all seriousness, have you ever seen a demon? Yes, yeah. actually. And we all have. Yeah, I've seen dragons too. Killed a demon, actually. <laughs> You've seen demons. Yes. Think, yes. Didn't we? Yeah, we killed one. Oh yeah, the uh, bubbling quizquaz. Quizquaz, yeah. You ever heard of quizquaz, smart guy? <laughs> in fact, I. In fact, I have. Oh. Oh. No. You really? Mean, <laughs> now I know you're not lying because very few utter that name and, and know what they refer refer of. That's. Hmm. And sort of makes a note of it in his mind. He, he, he sort of stands there and thinks. He says, "Thailander." has made his own pact with another demon and killing him won't be enough. Now, what do we have to do? He, the one thing that I've been doing a bit of research in my time in the past few days at the land claims office to find out what exactly he's been doing in town um, since his capture. <clears throat> and I was aware that the sheriff had him but I don't know why he didn't make his move to escape. I was just waiting to see what he would do. And it seems to me that there's a, there was an interesting entry in the ledger in the land claims office that at the very bottom of the black mine, so Catherine Speckles also appears to own that floor, the 999th level of the black mine. I thought that was strange given all the talk about finding the deed to the chopper mine and this Catherine Speckles and who that might be. So I looked into it. You heard this information from Celibus, yes? I'm assuming quite a bit, but I mean, whatever Celibus knows, I know pretty much. So if I had to lay odds on finding our friend Thailander and his machinations, I'd be willing to bet our answers lie in the bottom of the black mine. But I need people, strong, brave, formidable people, to find out what exactly is going on down there. And you can't tell us what you'll give us in return. I'll give you everything your heart desires. What do you desire? Women? No. You'll have them. No. Men? You'll have them. I don't... Slaves? You'll have them. Okay, maybe. Food? That's... You'll have it. Uh, okay. What we do you want, want the people of Dust Hill freed? And Done. Dust Hill protected Done. from any further raids. Done. We can do that. But we have no we have no resources if this place goes up in smoke. Can I talk to my friends for a moment? Without you listening. Very well. And he, he moves towards the, the entrance and looks out on the street. All right, I come over there and go. Okay, we have two problems. 
I'm all for this as a way to get the slaves out of here. And if we die down there, then we die trying. And if they get out, that's great. But here's the problem. We don't know where Varel is, and we need him for this. We can't do this without him. We need a tank, basically. There's Here's the other deal. Uh, there's a certain one-eyed bastard who is right now eating men's who might be done while we're on this adventure, while we're going to the 999th floor. If that happens, then all hell breaks loose up, up, up here, and we don't know about it. And maybe we've done this for nothing because the slaves are wiped out anyway if he makes it to the, the salivating fields. So we got to make a decision here, and I don't know how to solve those two problems. I, mean, I say we give Varel a chance to come back, and Stanley needs to rest anyway. To what we ask him for time to rest, and then, and then we, we tell him we'll start in the morning. We need to wait for our companion to return. That should be enough time. We shouldn't. We still shouldn't see Gorp or Vorp or whatever the hell's name is. He shouldn't be back yet. I mean, he's a dangerous X factor. The idea that he's going to potentially come back at any time is a bit problematic, but there's nothing else we can do. We can either try to help them and help our people and risk him showing up or say no, and he's going to show up anyway. And we've got something. There's really nobody here in the town anyway, and he doesn't know about the salivating fields. That's a good point. All right, are we agreed? That's how we're going to do it. Wait for Varel or find him or get him. Get rest and go. I think that's a good idea. All right, Jimmy John, come here. And so I call you back over. The name is uh, Ethanelia. Ethanelia, sorry. I, I, I hear of an ancient fast food delight called Jimmy John's and I made me hungry. Listen, <laughs> here's the deal. Uh, we're, we'll do what you're, we're, <laughs> we'll do what you ask. <laughs> An ancient fast food delight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in the distant, you know, far flung right. post-apocalyptic future. Uh, I have all kinds great. of, I have books and things of the solar mind. You guys know, no idea. All the popular yeah, culture. Yeah. I know it all. Okay, so so, anyways, my apologies. So um, it's okay. Yes. So we're like, we'll so, do what we'll do what you say, but you need to come through on your end of the deal, and we need to think quickly. The only problem is we have to wait for our friend Varel, and he'll either arrive shortly or we'll have to get him. But we can't do this without him. As soon as he's here, we'll we'll go. The fate the fate of our world is in your hands at this point. I can only ask that you do it as quickly as possible. For time is of the essence, and we can't let Thailander win. Where exactly is the Black Mine located? How do we get there? It's to the west of town. Take the road following out where uh, Gil and Jill's brew house is, and you'll see that. Just follow that direction, and you'll see the, the, the Black Mine. You can't miss it. There's a large quarry dug into the ground and into the mountainside. And besides the obvious issue of the warlock and potential demons are there any other dangers we should anticipate going into the mine i mean i couldn't even begin to imagine we saw we saw animated corpses not but a few hours ago fighting 
our men and slaughtering them by the dozens. So yes. Um, and before we go, do we have free reign to hit up the shops and take what we need? Yes. Um, take what you take whatever you need to do this. I don't know who is in town, who isn't. If someone's still hanging around protecting their goods, which is likely the case, they may take exception to it. But the principal has no issue. Is the garage also considered a shop? Because we might need I to really, take things there. I, I really don't know the answer to that. Well, Hope works there, so it's not like, you know, we'll, uh, re- we'll return whatever we take. You're talking about Owen's garage. Yeah. I think Owen's, the Owens are dead. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a bonus. I mean, I like them and all, but. It's very sad about their child, too. Oh, I didn't hear about that one. I like kids. Died in an accident. Got run over by one of our Toyota host trucks. Was not intended. Very sad. Well, this is this is a bummer. <laughs> yeah, you've really taken us down a positive road there, Nash. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. We will get started as soon as we can. Okay, and with that, uh, Ethan Elias says, I will be retiring to the salivating fields. Come find me there. And if you can, bring me Thailander's desiccated head so that we can mount it. As a warning to all other usurpers, 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 usurpers. You may want to be careful. Sometimes these limbs are tricky, even after they're disconnected. (laughs) Very well. (coughs) I take my leave. And you hear this loud. And the woman at the chair just yawned really loud while sleeping. <clears throat> and the, the new fate in your hand, you ponder it while chewing on some sand squid. Meanwhile, the camera pans out of Slave Town and shows it from a giant view and then circles over sickly into the desert and it zooms back in to Varel lying in dirt as the dusk begins to settle in and the sun begins to go down. You see stars. You're swimming in stars. You're swimming in outer space. And then the world begins to come to as you feel a jab in your ribs. Wake wake up. Wake up, warrior. Ah! Ah! And one of the lady guards is standing above you as you open your eyes. And he's by the scruff. Got this little figure and, and says, does this belong to you? And you hear, you see the familiar figure of Bok Bok. And he goes, I will jump up and dust myself off and say, yes, he is my ward. See to it that he behaves himself while he's here. He's quite filthy. Agreed. (laughs) And so you find yourself out uh, in the sand. However, you're near the, the tent. The encampment's still there and everything's still as you left it. Um, but you're on you're you're outside of this juncture. Was it real? <laughs> yes, Bok Bok. What yes. was real? How did you get here? 
I follow, King. We should be heading back. <laughs> no? <laughs> Not good idea, town. Bad. 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 What did you see, Bok Bok? Dead walk. Dead walk. Dead walk. Points? <clears throat> Out of the eyes? How many? Four, two, and one. That means there's a new one. I only know of three. He says, let's go to my tribe and ask forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mm, safe. Bok Bok, I'm afraid that this may be when we part ways if you're not brave enough to be my servant. Oh, no, no, no. He says, I'm brave, I'm brave, I'm brave. Hungry yes. too. <laughs> but we must return to town. And he obligingly, uh, you know, sort of nods and says, okay. And as he, you know, I kind of push him out in front of me like a child towards the city, and I turn back. Will I be seeing you all soon? In Draconic to the lizards. Mm -hmm. And and one of the guards looks at you and says, our time, our our purpose here is done. You you have found your path again, Vorel. Others need us, and we move on. But should you need us, you know how to sing to the stars. Thank the priestess for this great gift. And praise be to Fushi, whose flames I shall spread. Before you leave, should you find yourself with a desire to copulate? <laughs> Our priestess has expressed interest in copulation. But did not want to be presumptuous before making inquiry. Now? She thought you had pressing matters for the moment. I'm, we mean in the future. We shall meet. She, she will meet you again to copulate. Very well. Would you like me to send, pass along anything? What response shall I give? Tell her that the physical world demands my attention for now. But our spirits will be one in the future for a time. I will pass along this message, warrior for L. May the stars shine your way. And yours. And she takes her retreat and you can see um, she's starting to prep uh, the tent for departure. And you return back to Bok Bok. He goes, <laughs> He says, funny, funny lizards, funny. Yes, the primary objective is often funny, Bok Bok. Have mm. you had the pleasure? <laughs> pleasure what? Pleasure what? Of children, Bok Bok. Do you have children? Mm -mm. Mm. Strange. 
And he looks at the and he says, Maybe I have children. Gitemt, Gitemt. And it just sort of dawns on him that Gitemt's back in the town. We go, we go. Gitemt, you- we go. You found your spark, Bok Bok. Let us proceed. He starts running off without you actually back into the town, realizing that he also has, he might have feelings for you, Varel, but he has feelings as well for Gita. That's cute. And you, you run back into the town, uh, towards the town. Okay, I think we leave it there for today, folks. Oh, man. I am terrified about what my problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I really am. Time. I mean, I'm super interested to find out, but I'm I'm freaked. I'm freaked out. Oh, I, I don't have that. a heart. Oh, it's so good. I might be a mother dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wipe this place from the ass of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Where that came from? Uh, well, anyway, th- thank you everybody for joining us. Of course, uh, as always, if you would like to follow up. On the good times we've had here, uh, go on over to therewillbedungeons.com. Uh, therewillbedungeons.com. You'll have links to everything that we got going on. There are now going to be, by the way, this is new. Whenever we post a new episode, there'll be a blog post associated with it there at the site that you can click off to and read. And it uh, gives a little bit of show notes about what happened tonight. And you can leave your own comments. So if you have your thoughts and feelings you want to share there instead of email or other ways, that's great. Or all the other ways are fine, too. Just want to make it as open as possible. And therewillbedungeons.com will feature that starting with today's episode. So watch for that a little bit later today. Uh, Especially those who maybe are listening now and are thinking they'll go check that out. And that applies to you live listeners and users and viewers as well. Uh, We'll be back next time to find out what's next for our little band of adventurers. Until then, take care. I can't find the frickin' exit. Hold I on. like that music. This is your radio newscast. Ah, hold on. This is your this radio show is oh, what's it doing? Sorry. Oh. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I don't know what happened there. <laughs>